Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Absinthe is the aphrodisiac of the self. The green fairy who lives in the absinthe wants your soul. I've seen you grab coats and throw them over people's heads. Yep. In then, lieu of a hat. Then there was the big foam cowboy hat at April's party. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That you I just grabbed and put on someone's head. And yeah. then we noticed it was broken. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a hot, I did not hot potato hat. hat. I do yeah. remember that, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah. I don't, but I believe it. Well, yeah, of course you don't remember it because you're shit faced when you do it. <laughs> just so you guys all know out there, he's shit faced right now. <laughs> I'm just pretty buzzed. Yes, yes, you are. He's come way down from when yeah. he arrived an hour ago. Yeah, I made, I made, I made poor Jeff watch videos. Wow, he's doing his foster. <laughs> he's doing his foster, foster, <laughs> foster. Yeah, but, yeah, I've been drinking a lot. I'm not as thick as you drunk I am. Okay. It was the absinthe, man. I was already hiccuping when the absinthe came. Ah, absinthe. Ever since I saw Moulin Rouge, I've wanted to do absinthe. Do it, I, I've got some. a bottle over here, my brother. Do, do well, it. I'm ready do, when do you it, are. Do it properly, because the absinthe I had tonight did not give me that well, weird we, high, we have druggy sh- high. We have the sugar cubes and the sugar spoon Perfect. and everything over there. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, absinthe isn't going to give you any kind of druggy high. The no. one I had at absinthe. Excuse me, did. <laughs> it's all in your head because it doesn't come with the wormwood. Yes, I was going to say. Uh, it's all in your head. All of the, that is sold here in the U.S. It does not have the wormwood. In fact. And that's what um, you need for the fucking. It was a trip. Even, trip, definitely trip. A different even so, there's not enough amounts in there to actually affect yeah. you, even in the ones that do have it. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. The, Most of that stuff is equated to either the wine industry at the time trying to shove it. Give a anti so, a fake news campaign. So it's right. absent yeah. mad. It's absent madness. Yeah, it makes the heart grow mad, bonder. And uh, yeah, uh, that it, or copper poisoning yes. from the stills at the time. In fact, most of the uh, the European absinthe that you would get anyway nowadays is very similar to what they sell here in the U.S. If there is, there's yeah. very very little. Yeah, I read up on on absinthe because uh, I was trying to find out more about it and. It's not like in Eurotrip where they're what they call it tickling the green fairy. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's, it's like drinking licorice. <laughs> I don't feel shit. Yeah. Boozy, boozy licorice. Yeah, but this you can do that with ouzo. Right, just put some yeah. green dye in ouzo. Yeah, right. They set my absinthe on fire. Yeah, absinthe is strong. Yeah, no, obviously. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could, but, you, but you could put not, green dye in in sambuca too, and it'd be very similar. If it's you cool. are chasing the. Fairy? The thank you. The legendary high of absinthe. May I suggest, in lieu of <laughs> mushrooms and LSD, <laughs> then you'll get what you're looking for. How do you drink? This has been a public friend, service announcement. How long the have you? <laughs> how long have you been chasing the fairy? Uh, well, uh, what's his name? Which, which, by the way, means something completely different to a dungeon master, Kirsten, over here yeah. chasing the fairy. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number two, 400, 200. Boy, I went back in time. <laughs> 425. What are you saying, Doc? 
I am master. Look at this podcast of eighty-eight miles an hour. Are you telling me you're going to subsume? You built a time machine out of a podcast. (laughs) He's he's infected Jeff. Yes. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Foster Brooks. God. (laughs) Aren't you glad you came this week, Matt? God damn it. Uh, Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> and we're talk week and geek and somehow, somehow rein this in. So what I missed last no, week, not. I, not I didn't even get a chance to listen to the podcast. This is one of the first times I have missed one and not listened to it before. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. It was a good one. It was, it was actually a, a nice discussion. I doubt it because me and Jeff were not there. Yep. So. But I was sober. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> L- lucky us. Um, <laughs> Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I went to the Nerdgasm there. Did you? You finally got to check it out? Yeah, and it is right. You were right, Torgo. It's overpriced junk. Well, I guess it's not junk, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just... It's not junk, but it's the like, collectability is all ruined by all the autographs. Yeah, it's like, ooh, look, it. this guy signed it. Now it's worth this. But it's like, I'd rather he didn't sign it. It's nicer without it, but... It seems more, for a, it seems more like it's a showroom for an online store. Like they had some at one one time the, the time that I was in there they had some uh, some classic uh, Star Trek line from Playmates that that were the limited edition ones like they they only made a limited number of them and I saw one from across the room that I had been looking for it was the classic series phaser um, but not the the regular phaser from the from the one from um, uh, the pilot the cage and I saw that and I was like oh. That I've been looking for one of those. Like, Rushed across the room, you. and they had like autographs on there from people that weren't even in that episode. Yeah, like this is and signed by just, Red Shirt Number Nine. I, I now my, it's worth my heart grand. sunk because I'm looking at it and I'm looking what they're charging for it, and I'm like, no. Would you like to buy this no. phaser signed by Sean Connery? Signed by Matthew Marshall. Who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but I go walking in there, and there's like loud music blaring. I was like, what is this, a club? And there's a guy in the corner like freestyle rapping. I was like, that is new. I haven't they, seen that. They have a stage. I, when I talked to the owners initially, they said they were planning on having regular karaoke there. Yeah, you were excited. Right. And uh, apparently now it's just an open stage. Mm, <laughs> you I, could just I guess. But I mean, I town. walked in there it was just... I was like, what the fuck is this? And Paul's like, it's too loud. It's too loud. And the guy's like, okay, let's shut it off. And I was like. <laughs> oh. Was there any audience? Paul, no. no. It, was, it was just, just the, the owner and the dude and then me and my wife. That was it. Paulette. I thought you said Paul at first. And we're back. That's to the what whole, I heard. I, then, then we're back to the whole Paulette is really on just Paul and drag thing. Ah, yeah. okay. Yes. <clears throat> so nerdgasm overbright. I prefer to think of Paul as just Paulette butched up. Nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you sure you don't have that backwards? <laughs> that, wow. That was worth it just for that look. Wow. <laughs> so since we've mentioned that, have you ever been like, you know, cuddling up with her in bed? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Suddenly <laughs> secret of Paul. mine. Yes, the famous Paul. All the time, Andy. Yep, just all the time. I'm suddenly very glad she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> We're well, all she dead. Do- she does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she does now. Oh, yes. oh God. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, what other geeky things you do that's not going to make me cringe? <laughs> um, I actually did two things over the last two days. I went saw Jumanji last night. Oh, it was, cool. It was fun. It was entertaining. There were a lot of little in-jokes for anybody that's ever played video games up from 
you know, the, the console era of nin- the original Nintendo all the way up through current console stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely uh, a lot of good laughs in there. So neat, neat twist on it. And there's, there's little Easter eggs, um, nods back to the, uh, the original movie. So it was a lot of fun. And then just before you guys got here, I finished watching uh, the Cloverfield Paradox. Mm. How do you feel about this Cloverfield I like paradox. the universe that they've constructed, and I like how each of these movies is about that particular movie, but they still barely explain what the fuck is going on with the, the weird alien creature like that, thing though, though. invasion I mean, they're they're leaving that very it's it's one of those ambiguous it's or, one of those things that i have a feeling like once they spell it out it won't be as interesting they right? they do hint at potential causes in this particular of course movie, are, are we four movies in now or three this is three three, yeah. three. god particle comes out um, like a few months I believe that's the. That oh, so would they be switch a, it. They, that would be the fourth one. They they snuck it in without us knowing. It's yeah, coming. this this one just came out of nowhere. Yeah, they advertised it during Super Bowl. And said, oh, by the way, watch it after the game. Yeah, I, I I was I was I, I watched that commercial while I was watching the Super Bowl, and I'm like, oh, that's cool that it's it said something like, you know, after the game, which there was a trailer after the game. I thought that's what they were referencing, and then this morning, I'm online looking around, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's on Netflix right now. And sure enough, it was in there. Uh, yeah. Ten, ten Cloverfield Lane had very little marketing, so I yeah. Well, they, they said it was announced uh, a month before it actually hit the theaters. Something uh, is like that, that. Is that on Netflix too? Ten yeah. Cloverfield. Uh, uh, I think it's on. It, it's it, on um, Hulu. I want to say Hulu. Oh, it was Hulu. on Ten Cloverfield. And I will say this: um, it's <laughs> was it fucking it was on Christ? I'm sober. Wow, <laughs> you guys are all drunk or something. It's like coming over like a cloud. yeah. Cloverfield <laughs> Paradox is it's Netflix, Paramount Pictures, and Bad Robot. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's not it's not a you know not saying that any of the other Netflix films are cheaply made, but it's not a cheaply made film. I mean, it's it's fairly. What was was their first elaborate. film on Netflix? Was I think Spectral, right? I think so. Have you watched it? I've watched it. It's I've very watched good. that one. I mean, I've watched Bright, obviously. Actually, it's um, not. It's not very good. Actually, no. <laughs> Spectral is that? Yeah, I got to rethink that. But <laughs> Check it out so you can know how bad it is before you go on. It's the good not stuff. good, but it's not bad. It's kind of in the middle. It's one of those. <clears throat> it's clapping. Think, it's really funny. I didn't even pick up on it. I was watching the trailer for Paradox, and I'm like, this. Doesn't sound like what Todd was describing at all. Yeah, the World yeah. War II thing. Well, I kept yeah. going back. I did the same thing. I kept going back, back through my memory, and I'm like, "Did we talk about this on the podcast? Yeah, we and talked I just about this. Forgotten this about doesn't it? make sense." And then, and then even Jake made a joke about, "Well, Kirsten, here's your secret stealth campaign release and everything." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? We've been talking about this for over a month and stuff." Yeah. And then I started, "Oh, wow. Okay, so that was." That was pretty good. Good on them. Yeah. <laughs> he made a movie. Didn't tell anyone. Yeah, done, boys. Well yeah. done. Like, oh, here it is. Boom, boom, boom. But they're, they're really good with that yeah. campaign. I'm interested in seeing this movie based on 10 Cloverfield Lane alone. I want to see 10 Cloverfield Lane first. Yes, you though. do. Yeah, here's the yeah, you the, do. Here's the, yeah, here's the meme that, uh, that Michael Johnson posted on the Shock Monkey's Lair. Cloverfield, elaborate marketing campaign months prior to release. 10 Cloverfield Lane, released a month after being announced. Cloverfield Paradox, announced and released on the same day. Cloverfield 4, JJ comes to your house and chucks the Blu-ray right through the window, yeah. unannounced. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I liked that one a lot. Ten Cloverfield Lane, 
actually vaults John Goodman in my book as one of my favorite actors, like one of my best. Actors. I've always loved John Goodman. I think no. I think I, I, one of the first things I saw him in was one of my favorite movies, which is uh, Flintstones. No, no, true, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. True story. It's a true story for you. Flintstones. True, no, true stories. <laughs> wow. The, the David Burns. True Go, Matt. Burns, Go, true attack. Stories. Get him, Matt. He's, Get him. He, he's amazing in that thing. Yes, he is. And it is I, such a weird movie. I love the it's, soundtrack. It's absolutely one of my favorite movies. I, lo- I love that you have drunk hiccups. Yes. I've never known anybody that has drunk hiccups. I didn't get him before the absinthe. It was the absinthe that did it. Then I got drunk hiccups. <laughs> yeah, go see True, uh, true Stories. True Romance Live Stories. True um, Stories. True you know, the two stories were actually three soundtracks. I only released two of them. Oh, yeah? They released um, the Talking Heads doing all the songs. Yes. And then they released this really weird... All the incidental music, which I own on seat on uh, cassette, mm-hmm. I picked it up like a two dollars, you know, two dollars of the big lots or something, and that was that's amazing. It's great traveling music. It's great driving. The one they didn't release was all of the actors singing the stuff they sang in the movie. Okay, and that never got released. And I would love to have that album. I could understand why it wouldn't, though. Oh man! Oh no! The version of puzzling evidence that that guy does—I can't remember the actor's just name, old, sir. Yeah, that was. By one that master was, Torgo. <laughs> that yeah. was a flaming I'm mic too, drop. I'm too drunk to accept it. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it's there. Yeah. For all the world to hear. Yeah, I think the, I think the world is with me. <laughs> no, the world is not enough. No, I think puzzling evidence is a good theme for this sh- show yeah. right now. Yeah. I got freaking Crocodile Dundee rolled, man. Did anybody else get Crocodile Dundee rolled, rolled in this row? <laughs> <laughs> you actually believe that Danny Ladies McBride I fucking was going to be Crocodile Dundee. I totally Dundee. fucking did. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know what, Andy? This well, is a Tide commercial. To, to right be now. fair, <laughs> okay. with all the comedy reboots of franchises, a la, you know, 21 and 22 Jump Street, it's not outside the realm of possibility. And the, and the commercial has been running for a couple weeks. I've seen the the, the cast commercial. is amazing. You know, with who, who is, we just saw that. Who's that? Uh, uh, Isla Fisher. Um, yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm totally drawing a blank now. There's Russell, so, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. I can't in afford there. to go to Australia, so I really don't give All right. a fuck. Yeah. All right, for, for those that didn't watch the Super Bowl, live in Europe, Australia, sports, sports, explain sports, sports. this whole thing, please. There was a, for a couple weeks, they were running previews for a Crocodile Dundee sequel that featured Danny, Danny McBride. McBride as Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile, yeah. Croc- Jesus. <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll take it from here. <laughs> there you go. For Let's get the short <laughs> version, Jeff. Thank <laughs> God, Jeff. <laughs> Give us lots of details, though. <laughs> Danny McBride as okay, Croc- Google Crocodile Dundee's son. All right. And Chris Hemsworth is his sidekick. Well, it turns out to be this big, elaborate campaign for uh, Australian Tourist Bureau. So it's it's to and and even in the uh, the commercial that runs during the Super Bowl, Danny McBride realizes, wait, wait a minute, this isn't a movie, isn't it? Is it? This it was is great. this is a tourist this is a, a tourist commercial for Australia. It was such a good job of that. I had to go through with the IMDb and the internet trying to figure out if it was not actually happening. <laughs> and it was funny too because him because. Uh, because he's like, I'm not, I'm not crocodile Dundee, and he's like, Well, you're a very good one. And then it cuts. Yeah, you're the best crocodile. It cuts to Hogan, yeah. and he's like, eh. it's just, Yeah, that was great acting on Hogan's part. It's a great, yeah, yeah, cameo. Yeah, I, and and the thing is, I, I kind of hope they actually make one because I kind of want to see that movie now. It looked great. 
Okay. The fans can make it happen, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Well, actually, the cool thing that's happening is that there probably will be a Danny McBride, Chris Helmsworth movie because they really enjoyed working with each other and they're looking for the right, the right vehicle now. Okay. <laughs> Drink your water. <laughs> All right. Wow. Oh. So Andy and I yes. had a moment together this No, week. we didn't. There Are you, you sure? That's got to be. Oh, wow. That, that was that, emphatic. I know. Actually, we did this time. This is great. This is This has got to be a weekly segment. <laughs> What, so. Andy being drunk? Or no, no, no. I'm I don't sure wow, I'm sure he can write right there. I don't think my liver can handle this. This is just like, oh, I, I, I don't know, guys, it if could, it's a good idea it for like... me to be drunk. No, it's not. It's... Uh, I'm talking about Andy and I have a moment, and you go, no, we didn't, and then I talk about what we did this week. It's like an old Carson Tonight Show segment, and it's like, you all correct? There, he'll have an envelope that says, Don't Andy... unbutton your shirt. What the hell are you doing? I know, what the hell are you doing? Seriously, stop. I'm directly across from you. Kirsten tell, will tell the story. Then you open the envelope, and it says inside the envelope, Andy was present, Andy was not present. Yeah, really. That actually would be funny. That would be funny. Kirsten, Andy present or not? You and Andy went to... Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we can just do that for our live show. Saturday, March 3rd. What a segue. That was At well done. At the James I. Gibson Library, 100 West Lake Mead Parkway. At 1 p.m., which, live Geek Shock. Which library? No no Geek Shock cast members will be harmed by uh, Carolina Reapers this I time. I don't know about that. The James I. Gibson Library. Fuck, I don't know that one. Wow. That's why Google Got one past lives. you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, uh, Andy was working on a project. I was chilling, and uh, Andy was like, hey, want to slap on some Ash vs. Evil Dead? And I was like, yeah, that's actually a good idea. And I so call good. up Netflix, and by golly, the Netflix algorithm, which knows me so well, slaps up and says, hey, Altered Carbon is on now. And I was like, oh, shit, Andy. And Andy was like, oh, shit, Kirsten. And it was like, okay, let's watch that. That's you an accurate representation. Out, a dance. And we, it actually, it pulled... It pulled us in. It was dangerous. I um I really needed to go to bed at midnight, and I ended up going to bed at one because you did say as we watched the last episode, I can't watch anymore. I'll just watch the beginning of this. Yeah, an hour later. Well, I wanted to see what would happen with what was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they made it the whole damn episode, and I was like, gosh, ah, I you know, about twenty minutes into it, I'm like, this is going to the end, isn't it? Yep. God damn it. Mm. So, but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And the critics are hating it. Are they? It is not doing great critically. What's Don't the basic do- premise of Altered Carbon? <clears throat> it's um, almost like they, critic, they critique anything that has to do with Netflix. You notice that? Well, no, no. Netflix maybe. seems to be a baby to a lot of critics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, now, now that the streaming war is happening, like, it's almost uh, like. Oh, uh, I'm thinking it's, it's, it's Come with me, critics, my children, and talk of the streaming Let's walls. face it. If you're talking mainstream critics, a lot of them don't go in for genre fair. And this is genre fair. It is a future. The, the stuff yeah. that critics <clears throat> love on Netflix are non-genre stuff. It's the House of Cards. It's the Orange is the New Black. That's the stuff critics love. <clears throat> so it's, um, it's a cyberpunk uh, noir series. It's based on a series of books. Um, <clears throat> I'm not, not going to read those first. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. No. I'm letting these go. The uh, I've been waiting for them to do a... Uh, did I? 
Did Andy I didn't turn? do that. I did not do anything. You sure? You're holding your phone. My phone is on recording things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it, I swear. So, I've been waiting for them fault. to do a necro uh, necromancer. Yes. A I've been waiting for a necrophil in my neur- Okay, you, you can... Sorry. You, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he needs to be recording himself. I, He's recording yeah, the wrong I honestly am recording myself. <laughs> <laughs> You just now realize that? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, hi, monkeys. How are you doing? <laughs> Jesus. Somebody gave me too much liquor. Oh, my God. That's You're going to love this sh- show. Sh- that somebody should be slapped. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you, Jeff. Uh, that he's overplaying it? Yeah, so there's... Um, what the hell? It's a cyberpunk. It deals with um, you know the interaction of humanity and technology, uh, how technology affects being human, <clears throat> which is kind of the, the 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 core of what cyberpunk is actually going after. People are swapping bodies like they're swapping genes. <laughs> they have a thing. It's called uh, the personality stack, and it's this digital disc that actually is your personality it's your memories your thoughts downloaded onto that disc and you can sleeve into other bodies <clears throat> and one of the things they're kind of hazy on um, is how this breaks down in class because they have a class of uber rich called meths which is short for methuselahs and these are people who have been alive for hundreds of years because they they can actually sleeve into clones of themselves whereas <clears throat> regular folks if they do sleeve um can uh, they get they get whatever bodies laying around yeah no oh. different yeah just you know whatever's available it's kind of odd because it's sort of part of the the conceit behind it is discussing the uber rich in effect being immortal which is actually a good point to talk about but it's like they're it's they're kind of having a hard time making the case that the working class is not does not have the same kind of uh, thing going for it. So it's sort of like, eh. so they still need to make their case there. Right. How, how but, far are you in? Uh, four, we're on four, four episodes. I think yeah. it was four episodes but the thing is, in. If you the 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 stack in the back of your head, <clears throat> if you take a strong shock to it. Or if it gets if you get blown up or shot or anything like that, it goes away and you're dead forever. Then you're then you're real dead. I think they called it real dead. Something like that. And but otherwise, if your body gets shot up, they just replace you and know, pull the stack, and you can be put in another body, or you can be put on ice. And so the protagonist is a former terrorist, who uh, or freedom fighter, depending on your point of view. Exactly, and uh, he is arrested and on ice and he's serving out a hundred years long sentence oh interesting and he's Mm. 200 years into it when they pull out his stack and sleeve him into a new body because um an uber rich methuselah has purchased him purchased his pro probation parole i'm sorry Mm -hmm. his parole so that he can investigate the methuselah's murder the uber rich guy um is particularly rich. I mean, the really rich ones actually have their consciousness downloaded every two days. They're backed up. They're yeah. backed up. 
So this guy got killed 10 minutes before his backup. So he has no memory of the two days before he was killed. Ah. That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. It's fun. It's, it is vintage cyberpunk. It is really all the things about cyberpunk I love. And so I enjoy it from that angle. And it's just got that noir Blade Runner quality to it. You know, they're... they're oh, you know what you're going to love, Torgo? Is the hotel he ends up staying at. Yeah. Which is an AI hotel... Excuse me, AI hotel. Uh-huh. Nobody stays at AI hotels. This hotel hasn't been stayed in fifty years, and the uh, what'd you call him? The manager. The he's, he's really the hotel. He's yeah. like the AI for the hotel, but he's concierge. He's, the yeah, he's Poe, and so he's like looks like Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, okay. Not Poe as in he doesn't have any money. <laughs> okay. Oh, Although probably that too, <laughs> but but the hotel decor, the the production, the design Raven behind that the hotel is the called Raven. the Raven. <laughs> It, oh wow! It, that is very evocative of certain elements of like Blade Runner, and the character is actually kind of interesting. That that actor is wonderful too. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's, he's delightful. Doing, he's doing, they're all doing a good job. It's well cast. Um, His breakout was James in House Purefoy, of Cards, I who played uh, Mark Anthony in the Rome TV series on HBO. He's the Methuselah. He's the uber rich guy. Um, there, there's a little twist. Because the protagonist is, um, <clears throat> oh, don't I haven't seen it yet. Okay, fine. It's <laughs> not revealing. That's fine, Mister Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, you still don't get to give me shit about yeah. spoilers. It's but, deeper than it looks at first. But yeah, it is. It is, and you got to give us some time. We've already had a conversation on the lair with somebody who was could barely get through the first episode, and it's like I think you just got to give it some time because it's not. It starts off with some voiceover stuff, and so there is some exposition fed to you. So I think it's easy to get into. Okay, I'm going to be, you know, told everything. I'm going to every question I have. You're you're spoon fed the first five minutes. Yeah, and then then they stop, and then you have to start figuring shit out. Yeah, and they also have flashback bits and things like that. So you have to pay attention, and you have to think about what they're talking about every every minute so you can understand but i think it's worth the effort i i'm enjoying i'm it. sold yeah, yeah. I, i'm enjoying it i really do enjoy it so altered carbon altered carbon yeah i'm working on a horror movie you're working on working and on he's a not movie. talking about the cast yeah oh okay right doesn't have anything to do with absinthe does it no okay no it's um it's a bunch of national guard guys that are on a Mission, you're on a, a training exercise, and things go bad. Kind of the hills, he, the hills have eyes. Meet the boys from Brazil. All right, yeah. I was saying Southern Comfort meets yeah. the hills have uh, eyes. Uh, yeah. But while we're watching this thing, I was carving knives out of foam. Too. Very fun. Uh, it's fun watching something weird on TV, and there's Andy with foam. Shk, shk, shk. When's it actually go into production? Friday, Saturday. Right for what? Three weeks. Three weeks. Terrific. What's yeah. the title? Or It's called The Nest, which I'm sure is going to excite the people from the uh, Ice Cream Social because they have a different meaning for it. Nest. Ah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's a, it's a really good script. I, it's uh, a horror movie. I'm, yeah. I'm in. I'm looking forward to seeing your knives. I, I got right to the end of reading the script. I'm like, oh, fuck. It really... The, even reading it, I saw I saw, I saw uh, Chekhov's whatever. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but Chekhov's... I saw it... Early in the script. Walter Koenig. Oh, okay. No, no. Chekhov's gun. 
But there's a there's an object is like, well, that's a stupid thing to do. And then at the end is like, oh fuck, that's so paid off. Nice. Oh damn, I did not catch that. I'm already. Come here. Yeah. I finished uh, the second Monster Hunter book and I've started the third. Ah, terrific. Because why not? Indeed. And I've, I'm about a, a little over a third of the way through Monster Hunter International, which is the book club book for February. Of course, I can't. Wow, that was a hell it's of like a he's segue. Done this of course, welcome. I can't uh, talk about it yet because it's all, we're still on silence until couple the days. End. So a couple days, then uh, silence can be broken. We'll talk about it on the Facebook. <laughs> That'll be a break. That silence like the wind. Yes, indeed. So, Targo, I noticed something on the ground right there. What? I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, Kirsten and I didn't get to talk about the Super Bowl yet. Super Bowl! Sports, 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 sports. Fly, Eagles, fly! (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate what you're tempted to do. It's a good try. That's fine. No, it was a good game. We're going to do sports. We're going to talk sports ball now, apparently. I really love that they both use the same trick play. And the Eagles totally killed it. Yeah. And Brady and his butterfingers. He didn't... I don't know. It was weird. I don't know either. Do you think... I watched it. Do you think he looked a little tired? Because it's like that trick play. It didn't even look like he was really trying. It didn't look like he made much of an effort to try to catch it. Yes. I know what you're doing. He looks tired. (laughs) Don't you think he looks tired? Yes. (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? I don't understand. (laughs) But... It was well, it was it was actually kind of I was I was sort of like wow. Well, he is forty. It was certainly the most entertaining Super Bowl I've seen in a while. I didn't see a bit of it. I was, was. doing caricatures, and people kept asking me what team I was into. I'm like, you know, I lived in both places, so I'm good either way. But it will make my life a lot easier if the Eagles win. You lived in Philadelphia. <laughs> I lived in Philly for a while. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I would have been. I would have been pretty. Pretty dark cloud around the house. Yeah. So, uh, so is Philadelphia still there? Because no matter if they lost or won, there's going to be riots. Yeah. There's not much of it left. They uh, poured on a lot of it. I was going to say I, I was watching this morning. Apparently, a lot of the 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 big fires and the rioting and everything, the looting and everything was overblown. There said there were some incidents of broken windows. There were some Philadelphia. Some <laughs> some piles of garbage set on fire in a couple of streets, but it wasn't like the full on. Like, you know, chaotic, you know, street brawl. The video post game. Uh, that shit's crazy. The video riot, impressive. like they were, like like a, some of the news outlets. Uh, I saw video people trying to make it out poles. to me. I lived in Philly for five months. I used to go to the art museum uh-huh. pretty much every Sunday because it was free. And I'd wander around a museum, and I walked. I'd, I would walk there. So every Sunday, just I'd walk, so you run up those steps, right? I would walk up those steps. <laughs> But I never once walked up those steps without some clown running by me doing the Rocky yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Not once now, did I this, walk up those steps. Was this before or after the statue? The statue goes back and forth. It was there, it was down. It was there, it was down. When I was there, it was okay. gone. Okay. But it is back there now. But well, that's because Andy kept knocking it over. <laughs> right. <laughs> he finally got sick of it. He, did, he walked up those stairs, but he kind of tumbled down them. <laughs> you know, it's funny. One of the best pieces they have there is a Marcel Duchamp, uh, the bride strip bear by our bachelors. Which oh, is, yeah, of course. Which, which is this big? That's what I'd want to go. I would say yeah. it's like, like an eight eight by ten foot piece of glass. Fuck the Liberty Bell with the artwork in the middle. I <laughs> went to the Liberty Bell too. Fuck it. But um, the glass is broken, very artistically. And what after happened? After you is, went he, there, right? It's no, broken after, right? <laughs> no. <when> you, oh. <laughs> 
but you're in, it's an anti shape. You're on the right track, though. <laughs> so he created this artwork between two panes of glass, and then he shipped it in a broken shipping. And he looked and goes, "Yeah, I like it better. Keep it that way." Oh, that yeah. wow, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Put that up, uh, picture up on the lair. I will do that. Just so you know, I was one of those schmoes that ran up those steps because I had to lay over and fill <laughs> sure. out there one time. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. Yeah, you got. So. You only got so much time to kill. You got to make it count. Exactly. I was there for two hours. I was like, take me to the Rocky thing. The guy's like, the taxi guy's like, okay, before Uber, folks. <laughs> and I went running up those steps, ran we, back down. We call that a number 12. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> up the stairs and back into the taxi. I should have, pretty much, back <laughs> to the airport. I should have. You know, now that I think about it, I should have went to the Liberty Bell, did that thing, got a cheesesteak, did all those filled Jesus, out Jesus, once again, you 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 just you just suck at Canadian. Yeah, you're a terrible <laughs> Canadian. God almighty. I, Speaking of those riots, uh, when Vancouver lost to Boston, mm-hmm. the city of Vancouver pretty much burned to the ground. Did it really? Well, yes. I, wow. well I remember, so. uh, I forget which city it was. It wasn't a loss. It was, it was a Canadian city where they won. Edmonton. And... and um, they, they, there was the whole jumping on police cars and burning cars. No, that was the loss. They lost to, you, yeah, Vancouver. Was it a loss? Because, yes, I, because uh, I, I can see the smoke from Toronto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, and that's, that's uh, a lot of it smoke. It was investigated for. See, unlike here in the states, there was like, oh, we can't never catch them. They investigated for like ten years, and they're still charging people from backlogs of videos. Good. Goddamn, serve them right. That's yeah. what America needs. We need to go back 10 years and charge people. Jackboot government of Canada. That's right. Those <laughs> socialists. <laughs> we can't even finish when you start investigating Equifax. Right? How can you expect that? So yeah. I lived in Philly before 9-11. And it was, it's, it, the, the Liberty Bell is like in a big glass box outside the um, Independence Hall. Mm-hmm. And I went inside and I sat down on the floor and drew pictures of the Liberty Bell on my sketchbook. You can't do that anymore. No. You sit on that well, floor, they will bust your ass so fast. Well, it was oh. intact before Andy got right. <laughs> Andy, there's two butt cheeks yeah, on the ground. Thank Sorry. <laughs> Andy, man spreading, and it's it's not a gynae exam. Just just do the podcast. <laughs> now, the, the, the last thing I'm going to address on the Super Bowl, just because it, oh, it I, it's just a curiosity. Sports, I've sports, had. Sports, 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 sports. Kirsten, you watched it. Did yes, you sir. watch the halftime show? Yes, I watched it Did too. You? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm Sorry. very. I was very disappointed because yes. I heard Justin Timberlake is on, and apparently there was no nipple. What the hell? I thought it was a fine halftime show. He yeah. looked like he was having fun. Yeah. And then after the Super Bowl, I see like all of these posts online about how terrible it was, yeah. including some people that, you know, have participated on this show in the past. And I'm sitting there going, I'm like, why? Why <laughs> is this why is this such a big deal? You I mean know why? he seemed like he was having a good time. I'll tell he you took why. Selfies no nipple. with people. He I he can tell just you why. genuinely enjoying himself. Because last year's Super Bowl uh, halftime show was so overdone. Like, mm-hmm. so well done. Are you talking Every- about the Lady Gaga one? Two years was- ago, then. Okay, because Lady Gaga was last year. Yeah, Two years ago, I then. I liked her um, Katy Perry. Okay. That's the big one now. Everyone oh, with like, the shark? Yes. And everything. The huge lion, everything. That one is like, they put so much money into that or something, and she was doing it well, too, that everyone's like, this is now the, the bar. Okay. So. They did, so, they- if Justin Timberlake had left shark, you'd be fine? I'm yeah. just saying, I think he, he was undeservedly taking a lot of flack I, 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 for I, a perfectly fun halftime show. I'm not even a Timberlake music fan. No. But I'm sitting there going, I'm like, look at him. I, he's having fun. He's I, having fun with the audience. The I audience think he's is enjoying uh, it. a good performer. Yeah. Um, 
I did. I mean, it's dude, guys, folks. It's a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. What in the hell are you? It's, oh, so this is what music mi- is. It's like it's a Super Bowl halftime show. You have to look at it in the in the in the in the in the category that it's basically a fifteen minute concert. Every artist has to squeeze a catalog of hits into fifteen minutes. And that's a super difficult oh, task to do. Oh, and the whole fuck you putting Prince up. A, you, Prince don't need you to. And it's like, guys, he did a loving he's tribute in to the guy. Minneapolis. Yeah, yes. he is saluting a Minneapolis icon. Icon. Yeah, he is paying homage. Yeah. What the fuck? Respectfully so too. <laughs> yes. The duet. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I will say this: oh, yeah. Timberlake has got some weird ass song face. Is <laughs> there a couple times when he's singing, his face, his face looks weird. Mm. But I mean, like, it, but but he's yeah. he's a, he's a fine showman. He ran and out he, into the into the you know into the stands, and he was taking selfies, pictures with people. Creative, oh, did you see that and, one? And that kid, that kid, that so fucking hilarious. <laughs> they take the picture of of him standing next to the kid because uh-huh. that kid looks so lost uh-huh. so much. And then the caption it shows uh, the kid's phone, uh-huh. and he's googling. Who is Justin Timberlake? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh shit! Hello, anyway. Minneapolis. Yeah, but it was, it was a quiet week in Lake Bobagon. It, it was. It was. It I was, don't know where that came from, but anyways. So tribute. Torgo, um, I see you have this icon. box <laughs> over here. Why? Why are you fucking with Torgo's box? Sports, sports, because sports, sports, it's this sports. Box over here. You want stuff out of the box? Funny, you should mention that. So yay, you Philly. want this? I, I will. Do, I will hand the box out. It, it has a cryptic note, which really doesn't describe <gasps> what's there. I'm afraid the nerd box will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Colonel John <laughs> has been added again with his uh, with his paper art. And he writes, uh, just a small card in there, Hail Geek Demigods, I was looking for something online, uh, what I forget, I found a video, looked interesting, got suckered down the rabbit hole and came back with a pattern, made a few things, curiously satisfying, but I don't know what they are, or are for. They're like so, MC Escher so balls. to you all. It's your problem now. Thanks for easing my brain, Colonel John. Hand me an Escher ball, I want to see what the hell's going on with that. They so yeah. I, th- there will be a picture of this on the Geek Shack. It's, it's dice. Layer. You be but careful. Okay. Instead of like having you know numbered sides, we have uh, the Infinite Monkey Cage, Ice Cream Social, Geek Shock, and they're different references on different. There's four balls. different Big ones, sentence. and there is one that is actually with a numbered die, so it looks like a twelve-sided die. Hmm. A, a might funky- be twenty. Funky looking die. Hey, mine's got mine's got uh, uh, Adam on it. I like mine. Mine's Pokemon. Now he did write an email to adjuncted a couple days, a couple days, couple days, a couple days. Try again, Andy. I didn't say that. No, you didn't. I'm shot. And so he writes package. Still don't know what they are or what they're for, but they're called Triskele. I had a fan, a young mom working for UNICEF and other charities in South Asia, either a saint or a fool. They're your problem now, Colonel John. Thank you, John, for Thank these, you. these beautiful problems. They're fnorbs. 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 Okay. All right, okay, so get used to it, folks. That's it? That's it. Okay, just making sure. It's a box of fnorbs. I like them. Yeah. I like mine. Mine's Pokemon. Yours. I like why, that. Why do you it have the Pokemon? Pokemon? I'm the one that plays Pokemon Go. 
I play Pokemon all the games. He plays oh. real Pokemon. But you gave up on Pokemon Go. No, I, I played it, but I just don't want to get fit playing but Pokemon. But you gave up on it. Now, I have something, something here. Well, good for you, sir. <laughs> Fuck sakes. Thir- level 35. Let's bitch. see this one right. over here. Ah. Uh, I was sent an essay from Barry. And I think he intended it. There was once upon a time that we were actually attempting to do a blog of some sort on the, oh, yeah. on the Couch Show website. I think he intended it for that, but the blog is basically abandoned at this point. And besides, fuck Barry. Well, it seems like everything we would normally put in the blog we end up talking about on the podcast. So then it's like, well, I'll delete that. <laughs> All right. So this next thing's a little lengthy. Okay. But it is Barry. Like his hair. And it is something I've actually not really encountered yet, and I found it interesting, so I think the monkeys will as well. Uh, it's regarding True Dungeon. Have you heard of True Dungeon? There's no. nothing else in there. Don't you dare start pouring popcorn all over my floor. He already looked through everything. All right. Already knocked one on the floor. One I can handle. I know it goes beyond one. <laughs> True just Dungeon. told you he already looked for Gets it. Get your mic out of there. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, this one's got all of us on here. Dude, yeah. you should have seen the night he came home drunk and he's like, I got to go out again, but let's play some zombies so I can sober up. And two hours later, I'm like, you're not going out. And he's like, I've, yeah. he and, didn't go and out. Though. And he saved me. This new job may kill me. <laughs> gonna make him an alcoholic or fucking kill him if he's lucky he'll just be an alky it's got an otter on it yes it does so much free booze in vegas all right so if you haven't heard of true dungeon hold on to yourselves this is apparently a con only event and a an idea from a genius very cool so deb so i'm going to speak at first person as barry so barry with me all right deb just michael our friend Mark and I went to Pack South for the first time. While immersing ourselves in game culture was, of course, a bonus, our primary draw for attending was to play True Dungeon. If you haven't heard what True Dungeon is, it's a two-hour live-action RPG where a group of up to ten players build characters and work their way through a dungeon, fighting monsters, disarming traps, solving unique puzzles, and interacting with live actors. Neat. They got its start in 2013 at Gen Con, the gaming world's premier annual convention, and has been going on ever since at the most popular geek-related conventions like Gen Con, Origins, and the PAXs. Tickets at PAX South were $38. That includes a 10-pack of treasure tokens, an exclusive PAX South participation token, and three draws from their random treasure token box. When our scheduled adventure time began, we were led to a small room where we built our characters. There were ten players, including us. We choose, uh, we chose M- uh, Monk, which is played by Deb, a bard by Just Michael, a barbarian from Mark, and Barry played the elf wizard. And then they also had a wizard, druid, fighter, thief, and cleric. We chose those based on what tokens we had pulled at random and how they would best help our stats. You see... The tokens are the de facto currency of true dungeon enthusiasts. Tokens give you weapons, armor, accessories, consumables, and bonuses. There are common tokens, uncommon, rare, ultra-rare, legendary, super mega-legendary, and Matt just beamed Andy in the face with one of Colonel John's gifts. 
It's okay, I can handle Fenorb in the face. And and I'm sitting there as he threw it going, I'm like, he's going to get up to grab that, and he's going to yank the entire recorder with him. And yet I and didn't. And almost did. I didn't know. That's your almost Andy story. Jeff, your job yeah. is to intercept any Andiness that happens on this side of the room. What? I was intently listening to the I story. I would, would not wish that burden on any human being. He, he's the closest... He gets it. My me, face is buried in the paper. Me neither, and I have to do that 99% of the time. <laughs> oh, well, that explains the 1%. It is so hard to control myself. <laughs> Quote Andy. <laughs> my superego has all, such a hard time keeping my id in control. <laughs> Quote the Andy hiccup. <laughs> So going back to the tokens oh, yes. of, of varying rarities, to look at the secondary market websites, they seem to be keep moving the bar on rarities. So yes, there's a big secondary market for them. Some tokens cost thousands of dollars each. Tulips. You mean you keep your tokens when you... Yes. Token traders lingered outside True Dungeon entrance <laughs> offering to buy, sell, and trade hey, tokens. Hey, want to buy a token? Hey, wow. Hey, come here. Apparently, there are people who play True Dungeon so often, at $38 a pop, mind you, that they collect hundreds and thousands of tokens. Jesus. You can gather specific rare tokens and transmute them into super-exclusive legendary tokens as well. Online, you can buy exclusive sets of tokens direct from True Dungeon for as much as $8,000. I'm not kidding. I like the beginning of this. I don't like the whole Magic the Gathering buy your way into better character thing. So we just started with our pack of 10, and for shits and giggles, we bought two extra 10 packs of starter tokens for $8 each. Our group consisted of us four and four other guys who haven't played before either, and two of the token traders I saw outside. These guys were quite possibly the biggest token collectors on the planet. They had multiple folders full of the rarest tokens available. Did they describe what a token looks like? Uh, Barry posted it on Facebook. What does it look like? It's it's on the Shock Monkey's Lair. You're looking up right now. Yeah, uh, go, Andy. I'll do that. You, Andy, you keep bright going. and shiny. One guy lugged around a suitcase of tokens. They were weird and exactly what you would expect from super nerds. Regardless, they were helpful in prepping our characters and made suggestions that helped the party. Bonus, they had special tokens that allowed us to draw... 18 tokens at the end of the adventure instead of just three. That's some powerful tokens. Hmm. For this benefit, they asked they be allowed nine of those draws, so we each got bonus six draws just for having these guys in our party. It's important to note, the tokens they lended to each of us to accomplish this cost upwards of $1,500 each. So they had $15,000 worth of tokens just for this purpose, not including whatever token they used on their own character sheets. <clears throat> wow. And we could choose between a more puzzle-oriented adventure or a combat-oriented adventure. We chose combat because why not? Yeah! They changed the dungeons. Well, there too, so combat. <laughs> they changed the dungeon every year. <laughs> the one they were running was called Moongate Maze, loosely based on the Fey world from the books of Patrick Rothfuss. We were traded, treated to eerie lights and music in leaf-adorned rooms, each with a DM running challenges and puzzles. The first room was a puzzle. There was a brightly lit tree with fruit, a light-up strong box, and very naked, save for some leaves and carefully placed along hair, fairy queen lounging on a rock. Oh. We had to solve her riddle 
or pl- or placate her in some fashion <laughs> in order to pass through her domain, else take damage or earn her ire. I can see it now. Barry like, I'll placate her. Barry's and Deb will be like, I'm over my dead body. You. Yeah. A DM was there to facilitate the challenges and probably keep the handsy basement dwellers from pawing the hot chick. Other rooms had us battling a monster or two. Fighting, class, fighting classes had to place a token representing the weapon they were using into a shuffleboard puck and play a kind of shuffleboard where you have to land your puck on hit zones in order to score damage. Casters had to memorize charts of multiverse planes and elemental symbols and recite whatever the DM was pointing to in order to do better damage with spells. My memory's for shit, so luckily I had another wizard there and we helped each other memorize what we needed. There were four battle rooms and three puzzle rooms in total. The puzzles were well-constructed and intuitive, and the actors made them fun. I know how hard puzzle crafting can be, having done it for many years for my role-playing groups. Well, there's a tug at his own clothes. And- <laughs> yeah, wow. I know. <laughs> Battle was quick and sort of fun. Actors playing monsters and big oversized animatronic puppets made battle rooms interesting. We were playing on the normal challenge rating. There are non-lethal, normal, hardcore, and nightmare ratings. Wow. Each makes the maze harder in some way. We didn't really need to use any more tokens than what we started with to get through the dungeon. The two players with epic characters didn't even need to help us. They healed us when necessary and offered some guidance, but for the most part hung back. Well, the rogue was kind of a know-it-all ass nerd, but whatever. (laughs) Ass nerd. Once done, we could register online and level up for community cred and the little extras. We drew our tokens, thanked the guys who lent us the crazy expensive tokens, and moved on. All in all, it took about two and a half hours. It was fun, and I'd do it again. However, I don't think I'd do it more than once at a con. Once you've done the Moongate maze, you know the answer to the puzzles, so there's no extra challenge in going back. I'll be happy to play it again at another con once they change the setting, but immediate replayability is questionable, especially since it's two and a half hour commitment at $38 a pop. So it's kind of... LARPing, Escape Room, yes. Dungeons & Dragons. Yep, that's exactly what it sounds I like. I like it. What's it called? It is called True Dungeon. True, True Dungeon. Dungeon. Yeah, my friends were playing... My friends who go to Gen Con every year, my uh, Chicago friends, they, they've they been raving about it for four years. Oh. For five years. It's just amazing. Well, I'll finish off his review. This leads me to wonder how many times these hardcore token collector guys have gone through the dungeon at each con. PAX was there for three days. They've had to gone through it at least t- three times a day. That doesn't leave any time to enjoy the rest of the con, so they must go to a lot of cons. Gen Con, Origins, PAX West, South, East, uh, Gamehole Con, and more. Which each requires a con ticket and travel expenses on their own. From our experience, I draw two conclusions. One, True Dungeon is a fun dungeon crawl and role-playing experience and worth doing at a con. Two, depending on the type of person you are and what truly disposable income you have, True Dungeon is either something you do once at a con and call it a good time, or a bottomless black hole that you throw a significant portion of your time and life savings into. If Torgo were rich, True Dungeon would make him poor. Dr. Vlarg. Okay, I'm looking at a picture of these tokens. What the hell keeps him counterfeiting these and just... Yeah. Fuck, I think I have a job. 
<laughs> there you go. So there it is. Vlar yeah. talking his experience of True Dungeon, which until this I have not heard of. I well, love love how he talks about the you know the black hole money pit of uh, games, and I'm sitting here thinking about all the years he spent paying, yeah, spent playing World of Warcraft because that's a freaking money and time killer. Yeah, you don't even get tokens. You get sucked into. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it has its monthly fee. Yep. Uh, but beyond that, that monthly fee wasn't horrible. It was like what? No, it was off like twelve bucks a month. You're, if you're really into it, it's definitely a time sucker. Well, yeah, it, it, but it's you know it's time enjoyed. It sounds like these guys are making money. It sounds like these right. guys can fund their trips through the token selling. This is the new Bitcoin people. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, they've got the the fifteen thousand dollar token that Air they're coin. loaning people, and they're picking up. Nine tokens. Are they picking up nine tokens each or nine tokens together for each game? So I, make I, I, 18 tokens. So they think they got like six each. No, they get to keep the, He said they yeah, Barry got to keep six. The guys asked to keep nine. Right. So, um, if so yeah, it, that's a hell of a return. Yeah. And, you know, they do that three times. That's 27 tokens. Right and and you know there are tokens that can be sold for sure and they're random draws and I'm sure they yeah. get first pick since they're the ones that allowed for the well yeah or you know yeah they, they probably sell all the duplicates yeah yeah I mean it, it sounds like it sounds like one of those things where if you're obsessive and focused there's there there's a little bit of money but if you go at it half-assed or you know just like play at it. You're probably going to lose money more than you get back. Right. You want to go at this full ass. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point. But well, uh, I know somebody <laughs> who was full ass. <laughs> but um, it yeah it, it actually, I mean I I've been hearing a lot about True Dungeon and I even think Felicia Day on Geek and Sundry has a, an episode where she goes through one. Oh. So. It uh, it's really a great idea. True dungeon. Too it's, bad it won't come here. Yeah, really. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a toy con, a circus, circus. Toy con, a circus, circus. <laughs> I mean, uh, Meeple con is coming, but I don't think it's large enough to draw two dungeon. True I mean, dungeon. just just listening to them talk, it sounds like they could actually you could actually have a permanent true dungeon facility. If you rotated the mazes, if you rotated the scenarios enough, because one thing I've learned, like with Trek and the other places around here now, replayability is your key. So what you need is a sort of sectional maze you can build. You need like a, a room that you can we can move the walls. Stuff you can move around. I but, would like to see Meow Wolf get into this. Well, we'll find out. I might be involved in that. You might be involved in True Dungeon. Meow Wolf Vegas. That's right. Meow Wolf is coming to Vegas. Mm -hmm. That is, they're doing like Area Fifty One ish kind of thing. I got an email here from my, my one of my collaborators saying we need to talk about this. I got an email from them. I'm like, okay. Well, it is set up from local artists, so you'd right. be right on board with. I that. know uh, Heather Herman's already involved in it, so and Gear Duran. Terrific! I, I can't <laughs> wait. You're, I don't you're, have to go to Santa Fe. They're 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 uh, reality star folks. But they're here in town. Do they need actors for this thing? I'll find out. Probably. Yeah. All right. I told you to look into that like two weeks ago, Kirsten. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I never did. I got the email right here, man. Uh, well, since I'm reading stuff and you're bringing it up, why don't I go some emails? Huh? Sure. Alrighty. 
Uh, first email goes back to the game that you brought up, Andy. Which one? Five Minute Dungeon? No. The... <laughs> Oh, uh, it'll, it'll. I mentioned a lot of games. You do. He does actually. This was at the end of 421, so it was a few episodes ago. Okay. <laughs> oh God! I remember that, right? You're sounding like a Star Trek you nerd. Think I remember Ep- last week. In episode 421, you mentioned the game. <laughs> Exalted Grand Poobahs of Geekery. I'll take it. I'm sure there are more names and variations for the game referenced at the end of episode 421 than there are for oh. Mumbling Peg, but we called it Crazy Mary. Mm. As stated, the object of the game was for one person to provide seemingly contradictory clue pairs while the other players would take turns trying to recognize and identify the ongoing pattern. For example, Crazy Mary likes looking out the green glass doors but hates windows. In this example, most of the keywords in the former have double-letter pairs, while the latter does not. If nobody successfully guesses, the next clue pair might be Crazy Mary likes walls and floors, but hates the ceiling. And on and on it goes until some linguistic genius with nothing better to do figures it out, or everybody just gets bored and stops. Yeah, it's really more of a pants-on-head dumb kids game, but military personnel are known to drag it out when a being forced to participate in some sort of hurry-up-and-wait activity or guard duty lasting hours upon hours. Don't fear the feeper, the Alice. Yes. So that yeah. that got me more into what the game than I got right. from you. <laughs> I looked it up afterwards, but I forgot to follow up on it. Okay. So thank you, the Alice, <laughs> for at least cluing me in to what the hell we were talking about. So next email. I saw Star Wars with a lady... Oh, hot damn. That has seen it before. Oh, okay. Never mind. And she brought this up at the beginning during the first fight sequence. The Asian lady was wearing kind of a World War II outfit, and she ended up kamikazeing the other ships. And she said that was kind of in bad taste for whatever reason. I stopped listening to her. And when <laughs> Leia flew back into the ship, it was all Mary Poppins. Like, she got all bent out of shape because she says that it's all now Disney-fied. What do you guys think? Nope. Pat. Yeah. No. Uh, mm. uh, Pat, I think everyone's entitled to my opin- to their opinion. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's entitled to our opinions. <laughs> and no one else's. And my opinion of their opinion is that they're absolutely full of shit. Yeah. Hey. Everybody loves to hate for some reason. I don't I'm, know why. I'm burnt out on on this type of criticism. Yeah. You know, it's like if people want to sit there and actually take things apart and talk about it, you know, I'm very happy to listen. But boy, oh boy, especially the number of people who hate Last Jedi for the Leia scene. It's, ju- it's just like, what is it with you? I just, I don't know. Star Wars has always been fantasy sci-fi. The Force is magic. And magic has no rules. Drawing yourself towards a spaceship in zero gravity is nowhere near as difficult a concept as lifting up an X-wing fire out of a swamp. Well, there actually, the other thing is, is that uh, apparently uh, Ryan Johnson had a Bible of force abilities and yes. how it can be used. Yeah, which is uh, apparently it was part of the... Uh, I thought those the, burned up. The purge of the former material. However, he even notes, he said, there's nothing that says that we can't bring some of that back into canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and and he did that through the movie. Yeah, so. it, it, it's really funny too because I even imagined a Jedi power like that, you know, grabbing a hold of something and pulling yourself towards it. As if you to can lift, well, the force, you can the, pull. The force yeah. projection thing was the one that he referenced in his Twitter, his tweet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, about Luke projecting himself, you know, for that final battle. But uh, yeah. Said it. It said it. They could project over great distances, but at great cost, which makes perfect sense because it kills him. So I mean, oh, spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert for anybody on. that hasn't seen it. Yeah, Matt. Four months ago, uh, <laughs> I've seen it. Oh, okay. Well, technically two months ago, but yeah, it. Yeah. I, so I, I mean, yeah. yeah. The hate. The hate just totally befuddled. There is somebody who's really funny. This guy had over three hundred thousand views when I saw it, and he. He actually just starts shredding uh, Last Jedi, the plot points. And uh, somebody who really hated it was like, this is so dead on. He nails it right on your head. You know, and it's really funny because the rest of his video channel is six episodes of In Defense of Dark Souls 3 or some fucking thing like that. And each of those has like maybe 100 views. So it's like, good for him, because that one video went super viral. But I was watching this, this criticism, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I am not seeing a whole lot of difference from people who don't get into Star Wars and when they criticize the plot lines of Star Wars movies, of other Star Wars movies. You know, because it, it's sort of like, why didn't, why didn't the Death Star just blow up Yavin? Why did it have to circle around to get to the moon and stuff like that? And that was the type of criticism this guy was laying out on Last Jedi and supposedly hitting the nail on the head. And I was just like, eh, for fuck's sake. It's like when Neil deGrasse Tyson throws out his little physics stuff. It's like, oh, oh yeah. ha ha. But right. Yeah. But right. he also knows it's a movie. I, I just, yeah, I just. I do like the know. part where he made them redo part of uh, Titanic because they got the stars wrong. Nobody saw that? I know what you're <sighs> talking about. It's... No, we saw it, Andy. It was just like, <laughs> we were just busy asking why. Okay. Why? And why? I, you know what? Is, is it me, guys? Or looking at Andy, are you just waiting for him to start painting something? <laughs> is there paint? Where? I will say that Andy is slowly turning into Bob Ross before yeah, us. Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, I can't do that better. Hang on. <laughs> are, you, are you specifically <laughs> referring to the hair and the beard? You're going to do a visual thing for us on the podcast. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Thank you so much. For the viewers. Oh, there's stuff falling over the cupcakes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Don't you just oh. want a cupcake now? <laughs> oh, Why did you do that over top of the food? <laughs> he's... he's, he's Violently rubbing his fingers through his hair. Wow, that's one way to put oh, it. Over, over the food, and now he's got his hair pick out. His hair pick? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't look any different, just so you know. Now, there is a reason why you have grown this massive head mane. There is. And, and Nobody can hear you right now. That, that's good. Don't, don't. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeff. So so so, so, so you just fuzzed up your hair and so, so, you yeah. just, so last so. last year I uh, went semi blind <laughs> all that all and then put the headphones on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so last year I went semi blind and I lost my job and a lot of shit happened. People helped me out and I got no money to pay these people back, but I got hair. So you know, so that's what you're getting back, right. folks. If you lent Andy any money, no, I'm trying whenever, Long, whenever possible. Hair. <laughs> 
shining, <laughs> cleaning, cleaning, flax and waxing. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, give back wherever I can. So I'm going to, you know, uh, there's a thing called St. Baldrick. So I'm going to put this out next week. I'm going to uh, start taking, uh, it's, it's uh, people put donations in to have me shave my head. Um, and uh, the donations go to kids with cancer. Well, I love it. So let, let me talk to the people. Or let me be the voice of the go people for that it. helped you out. Yeah. You have a job now? I do. <laughs> Money. I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on it. I'm still deeply, deeply, deeply in the hole. Okay. Kirsten and I were having, having fun poverty jokes the other, the other day. It's it like was a, so oh. fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was. I had lunch with a dear friend of mine, uh, Lisa, and she invited me to lunch at Payway, and she's like, I, you know, she eats at Payway so often Every month, she gets like a free appetizer, a free entree, a free... And she's like, I got a free entree. Well, I can get you something. I can get you lunch for free. And I'm like, okay. So we go in there, and I got my pad thai. Uh, I get the pad thai mixed meat with extra protein. So mm. it's a big meal. We're talking like we're hitting 16, 1,700 calories. Wow. And so I'm chowing down into it. She's like, oh, that looks so good. And I'm like, it's great. This will be the only thing I eat today. Um, now, 1,700 calories is actually not bad. Um, and I, when I've gone on weight loss plans, I have done that. So that was my meal. That was going to be the meal of the day. And, and I know Kirsten. He didn't say that as he wasn't leading with that. He was, it was as a comment. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is the, you know, I'm out of food. So I'm just budgeting things out. And it's really cool because you got me this today. Tomorrow, you and I are going to uh, Francine's. We're going to have spaghetti there. So that'll be my meal. So it's all good. Lisa, God bless her soul. She's so sweet. She got on the phone right after lunch. Oh, my God, Francine. Kirsten doesn't have any food. By the time I get to Francine's the next day on Friday... There are two boxes and a half dozen grocery bags of food oh, wow. that have to be put in the car at the end of the night, and I have to take them home. And it was really sweet. It was, thank you so much, guys. It was very kind of you. I got frozen pizzas. I got some microwavable vegetables. It, it, you know, we covered the gamut. So I load up, load up the car, go home, late on a Friday, unload the car into the refrigerator, and an hour or two later, Andy comes home with bags of groceries <laughs> <laughs> that a friend had given him. Oh, wow. Celestia. I, we've, I, we've mentioned her name. Yeah, and, Celestia. And, Celestia. And it was just, I was like, boy, you and I must be a pathetic pair because yeah. all our friends are giving us food. And it was so hilarious that we're, it was on the same a, fucking day. We're both in the upswing now. I'm working. Kirsten's working. Where the money's coming in is just... There's a gap here. We're we're working our asses off. We're just the money hasn't cut. The paychecks haven't started coming. Yeah, we're fine. Don't worry about us, guys. We're okay. Last week I was you know scraping the through the floorboards trying to find change to buy gas. This uh, week I'm okay. He was. He was. He. It was. It, it was weird. It was like Richard uh, Pryor's movie. You know the the Bobo Jones thing where he's crawling around in the carpet looking for the little bits of coke, but Andy was looking for gas money. Oh wow! But. Mm. Uh, it was pretty brutal. You know, it's, what's really sad is when you dig it through and you pull, find a quarter, and it turns out to be a Susan B. Anthony, and you know it's worth more than a quarter, but what the fuck are you going to do with it? Yeah, really. Well, at least it wasn't Canadian. Right. God. Oh, Jesus. It's worth it like, only, what, a it third? Only, uh, Rather have a Chuck 20, e. Cheese token. 20. <laughs> <laughs> 
it'd only be like worth twenty three cents. Oh, but it was it was you know, it was fun. You know you you require me to drive you to your job after this, right? <laughs> I do. Okay. Oh yeah, you yeah. can you do me yeah. a favor? Uh but yeah, it was I it really was fucking hilarious when he came in with that food. Yep. That was just that was just and we have good friends looking out and helping us. Uh but that was just it, that was cuz really I mean, I I knew I was going to get some leftovers from Francine and Jerry when I went over there, and I planned everything out, and it was cool, but now I don't really have to worry. You know, we got cake. Cake. So, you know, hey, mm. thanks, everybody. So, it, it, it's... That's sweet. I like but it was it, But it was funny, because she did. She fucking got right on the phone after lunch, and she's like, oh, my God! So... <laughs> Kirsten doesn't have any food. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm so skinny and wasting away. Dear God in heaven. Hey, I've lost ten pounds. I know I got a lot more to go. Yeah, but I lost so, ten. As soon as you shave that hair, you got another five. Down. <laughs> yeah, really. I think he's factoring that in. Yeah, I'll lose we'll ten pounds. Somebody, we'll have to somebody show up there to shoot a video of me getting shaved. That'll be funny. Yes. Yeah. I insist. Yeah. Well, you and you and Darren will both be getting shaved yeah, at the same time. Yeah, me and Darren days. and uh, Alex Raffi. Who's... We'll have to get you a bunch of absinthe, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a Guinness. That'll, go, that'll do. It doesn't give you the fun hiccups, though. Yeah, really. It's true. The hiccups are strictly absinthe. I didn't get into yeah, that. Andy, right now, I have to say, you are not Guinness fun. I'm not Guinness fun? <laughs> You're not Guinness fun. You're absinthe fun. Uh, is that, what's the difference? Uh, it's fun. Oh. Again, I'm not fun when I'm in Guinness? Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> that's disappointing. I just, I just ruined about twenty years of his life. I did. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's now Jesus. like flashing back to every Guinness he's ever oh, drank, no. and he's like, "Was I really that much of an asshole? <laughs> I can't even remember those nights." Oh, my God, I went full on Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, fuck sorry you up, you for the segue. Sports, 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 sports. You, went, you want Scottish while drinking an Irish stout? Yes. Okay. Well, that's the, I was actually talking to a Scotsman this week, and he was talking about how Scots are just Karen Terriers. They're all little angry people who get drunk and punch things. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, if that's your 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 people, I guess. Okay, you want to abuse them all soon and listen to it. <laughs> it's like that uh, the Patrick Stewart SNL where they did the uh, he did the Phil McCracken Scotch therapist. <laughs> He's talking. To, because they had uh, the the Mike Myers Scottish character, and he goes like, "In Scotland, throwing your friend through a plate glass window is nothing kind, even here in America, it's a crime." <laughs> I felt like I was in in Scotland right there. Yeah, so did I. That that was solid. Yeah, it was, it was good, Josh. I thought it was pretty good. Myself. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just give, I'm just taking the piss. All right. That's, taking that's, the oh, piss. That's, that's, oh, you're taking the piss out of me. Oh, you're taking, taking the, the piss, piss out, out of me, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you don't let him put that up with that there. It's right. better. I put up with Maury than you know. Hey. <laughs> All right, we have more emails. We'll get to them another time because we have to get to news. Oh. So news you don't give a shit about. Oh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's what you missed last week. That was pretty funny. Yeah, we oh <laughs> pumped Andy so hard it leading hurt. up to it, and he's like, uh, and then Todd's all just like, okay, Andy, here you go, and Andy's like, ah, and he goes, wicked geek, and Andy actually went, ah, and then Todd and I are just laughing at him, and then it dawned on him, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> you don't give a shit about uh, a Facebook group. 
calling itself down with Disney's treatment of franchises and its fanboys. Fuck those honky motherfuckers. Oh, that's a that, connection that's, to an email. That's that's a that's a horrible title for your group. Yeah. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. No. You, you need some marketing in this. Down with Disney's treatment of franchises and its fanboys. No, no, you need to hire some PR. They didn't even go to, to the, the 80s Jeff. PR yes, firm for yes. that. Yes. <laughs> 80s Jeff PR firm on the job. <laughs> the group attempted to sabotage Marvel Studios' Black Panther this week. Fuck sabotage. Oh, I was just talking about this before the show, saying we shouldn't even give them any credence. By planning is... to post poor audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Facebook swiftly banned the group on grounds of blatant harassment, and Rotten Tomatoes has denounced the effort. Good. The campaign and some of its supporters blame Disney for the poor critical reception of the DC Extended Universe, according to comicbook.com. Yeah, it's not a bunch of racists. I'm sure not. Of course not. Uh, the group, writes the, uh, the Hollywood Reporter, also claims to have posted negative reviews of Star Wars The Last Jedi back in December. Yeah, I remember that. In response to the group's apparent intentions and the news coverage being generated, Rotten Tomatoes released an official statement denouncing the effort. We at Rotten Tomatoes are proud to have become a platform for passionate fans to debate and discuss entertainment, and we take that responsibility seriously. While we respect our fans' diverse opinions, we do not condone hate speech. Our team of security network and social experts continue to closely monitor our platforms, and any users who engage in such activities will be blocked from our site and their comments removed as quickly as possible, unquote. Despite any attempted sabotage... Sabotage. Black Panther... I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. Don't correct me. sickens me. I can't stand it. I know you planned it. Black Panther is on track for a record-breaking debut. Go, Black Panther! After outselling Captain America Civil War in pre-sales among all Marvel films, it has now topped Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice to become Fandango's top pre-selling superhero film of all time. Oh, man. That is just looking so goddamn good. It really does look good. Even the friggin' car commercial on the Super Bowl (laughs) made me want to watch it more. You, I, you know, I... Fuck, man. If you're already angry at this movie, how in the fuck can you can you even with a straight face say you're not a racist? I mean, it's just so fucking stupid. I hear nothing. I see nothing in a criticism of the concept of this movie that makes any sense out of you just don't want a black cast superhero yeah, movie. Yeah, the, the, the whole argument about why are they going to keep bringing in all these black characters? And I'm like, the character is 52 years old. <laughs> well, that it's not a matter. It's not. He's just appeared. He's finally getting a movie. And it's not even <laughs> like there's a fucking tidal wave. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Why do they keep bringing these black characters? Sam Wilson? <laughs> another, oh my god another 50 year old character run for yeah. the fucking hills <laughs> it just drives me crazy and they i mean just it just looks so fucking good it really does mm-hmm. they, they don't they don't like that their ocean of white characters got a few uh a few characters of color sprinkled in that's under, what it is i'm just not getting it they want all their vanilla ice cream without any sprinkles in it Diversity. Well, what about vanilla? Oh, bean are you ice saying cream? black people are sprinkles, Andy? Is that what you're doing? I am. You bastard. I'm saying they're rainbow unicorns of All love. Right. Yeah. Somebody peppered. You can Andy just salt. stay at Matt's house tonight. Embrace oh. the. Diversity Why do I get in? 
Embrace the diversity. You're Canadian. He'll you have be in to. your car. Oh. <laughs> okay, so this is this borderline because this is not news I don't give a shit about. This is just news that pisses me off. Again. I give a shit. How many times do I have to describe a news you don't give shit about? To Andy, Listen, every time. Apparently. To, uh, to Absinthe Andy? The things every time. we don't care about makes us mad. Or just seems stupid. Anything that Okay, then this qualifies. This Thank is good. you. <laughs> Thank right you. in there. It's right in the wheelhouse. It's wheel got house. the Absinthe Andy seal of approval. <laughs> Andy. In green ink. Andy, for you, this is the category any story that will get a reaction out of you. Ah, excellent. Kind of works that way. Mm-hmm. Weekend Geek! Yeah! Oh. According to a new report from Deadline, several companies are currently eyeing movie studio Lionsgate for a potential takeover that would serve to rival Disney. Sources tell the site that with a possible CBS and Viacom merger on the horizon, Lionsgate will is what what you're what are over oh, losing Matt? He's, doing he's gang signs his, over there. I don't know what's just, going on? His face was hilarious. No, that's just <laughs> to rival Disney. What the fuck? What, you know, what the, the the massive holdings of Lionsgate? What the happens? Hey, hey, man, that Three Kings money is gonna start rolling in, dude. Fucking, there are the, the tsunamis don't rival Disney. I don't, you know, there are wars that are less than. Di- I don't understand this rivals. There are countries that have fewer population than the employees of Disney. So anyway, I I made a face when you said that. Matt was the only one who saw it, and he absolutely loved it because. It really did befuddle me. But anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all Jesus. right. Jesus. I just saw a lot of action in the corner of my eye. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is this? I still don't. I still, just on a side note, I still don't like this whole CBS Viacom mergers. It's a re-merger. They were one company before. Yeah. Lionsgate is being considered as an acquisition with uh, companies Amazon and Verizon being part of the mix. Uh, the news of Disney's buy-up of the 21st Century Fox, which was made official on December 14th, certainly sent genre fans into a tailspin about endless possibilities of characters crossing over from one world to the other. Perhaps the same could be said about Lionsgate, maybe? The studio has content to play with, including blockbuster franchises such as Mission Impossible, Transformers, the Divergent series, and The Hunger Games. But not Three Kings. I pulled my bad poll, sorry. Oh my uh. god. Hey, I'm fact-checking myself. Absinthe any fact-checks himself. He, he sure does. It was also produced. It's big, big sci-fi and action movies like Power Rangers, The Day After Tomorrow, and Dread. In addition to those... Wait, ty- wait, wait, wait. The Day After Tomorrow? Yes. It was Lionsgate. The, the one from the 70s? No. 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 The, you're the, thinking The Day the Earth... Uh. No, no, I'm not thinking no. of the day the Earth is still. This I'm is thinking, this is the one. With he's thinking the, of the nuke thing that was on TV. That's the one. Yes, that's the no, day this is, after. Yeah, this that's is the day after. You're right. Yeah, this that's what it, that is. This is the 2004 movie. Yeah, not, not that one. In addition to those titles, the studio has never been afraid to take chances when it comes to bold projects. Uh, they did uh, Ethan Hawke's Daybreakers, the ambitious Ender's Game, and the cult classic Cube. It's not the first time that Lionsgate has been in this position either. The Hollywood Reporter notes it was nearly bought by a toy company, Hasbro, in 2017. I remember that, yeah. But the two and what com- do you have to say about that, Kirsten? But the two- How about you, Matt? Fuckers. Yeah, they've completely disappeared <laughs> from the room. I, I look up and... This, just, is, this is a weird podcast for me. Poor Jeff and drunk I, Andy. I, I look down at the paper and I look up and everything has changed again. <laughs> <laughs> everything old is new again. 
uh, the two companies were unable to reach a price. So the Hollywood Reporter also reports that Lionsgate CEO John Feltzheimer has shown signs of diversifying the film and TV company by making a number of huge acquisitions himself. Five billion has been spent so far, with 4.4 wow. billion acquiring stars, uh, 413 million for Summit Entertainment, 220 million for Artisan, 50 million for Trimark, and 27 million for Demar Mercury. So, Demar Mercury, watch what the hell this space. Is that? I don't know. But I, I spent money thought, on it. I always thought that Paramount was going to wind up buying Lionsgate because they have the exclusive distribution deal with them, so it would make fiscal sense for Paramount to acquire them. If they have the money you know, to fight Amazon yeah. and Verizon. Well, that's the problem. Right now, nobody has the money to fight Disney. Amazon does. They're getting there, but they still don't yet because of the way they have their portfolio yeah, diversified. you got to wait for their insurance to kick in. Yeah. Amazon insurance. Once they hear from the 80s Jeff financial you mean, firm. You mean Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and... Yes. Um, uh, shoot, I'm forgetting the third one now. Berkazon. Yes. I can hardly wait. That's going to be fun. Yeah, get your Berkazon. <laughs> Warner Brothers has released the first official synopsis for Shazam. Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. Sorry, Shaquille O'Neal. We all have a superhero <laughs> inside <laughs> of us. Golly, you can sure dunk that basket. Oh. <laughs> you and Gomer Pyle on me here. I just want to clarify that for everybody. It's Gomer Pyle. <laughs> well, so Shazam. We all have a superhero inside of it. Inside of it. Inside of us. <laughs> Well, I got Sergeant Carter inside, inside of, of me because I'm gay. What's it inside of? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even notice. It's like it wasn't until you checked it that it was, oh, yeah, he did say that. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. <laughs> In Billy Batson's case, by shouting one word, Shazam! This streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero Shazam, courtesy of an ancient wizard. Still a kid at heart, inside a ripped, godlike body, Shazam, Shazam revels in this adult version of himself by doing what any teen would do with superpowers. Have fun with them. Yeah. Can he fly? Does he have x-ray vision? Can he shoot lightning out of his hands? Can he skip his social studies test? Shazam sets out to test the limits of his abilities with joyful recklessness of a child. But he'll need to master those powers quickly in order to fight the deadly forces of evil controlled by Dr. Thaddeus Silvana. Yes. But no Mr. Mind. Not yet. Shazam's synopsis substantiates several previously posited theories that have swirled around the movie. First, actor Mark Strong will definitely be playing the film's villain. In Sinestro? No, Silvana. Sinestro. <laughs> Uh, and Savannah is known as a brilliant scientist with a genius-level intellect who frequently develops highly advanced technology to stop his nemesis. Lex Luthor. Yes. I mean, sorry. Yeah, that's pretty much. Oh, burn. So he's got a real estate uh, scheme? Yeah. Uh, now we're going to get back to this whole thing about Shazam predating a lot of Superman stuff. And yeah, it does, Lex yes. Luthor is Savannah, basically, but yeah. Uh, second, it looks like Billy Batson will be aged up to 14 years old from his usual comic age of 10. Uh, though, admittedly, his age has fluctuated somewhat sure. across the characters' various I incarnations. A, I don't have a problem with yeah. that. They call it the Jake Lloyd rule. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. I, that's a fine rule. I'm behind this rule. They, they call it the let's not be creepy like big rule. 
I am still disappointed that they won't call the character Captain Marvel anymore. They can't. Because, well, I know that, that, that they finally settled on that and mm-hmm. allowed Marvel to keep that for their Captain Marvel. Right. But it's still, considering how far that character predates most of the DC and Marvel catalog... It's sad that it was a right. character that lost its name because it's so some, weird that whole thing. I mean, there was. I mean, I, I know somebody we've filed this before, suit. but the the um, Miracle Man, which was basically when uh, British comics kept doing uh, Captain Marvel comics after they lost the rights to it in America. It's just weird. Yeah, that is There's so many versions. Yeah, <laughs> international a, copyright versus domestic copyright. Yeah. There's yep. a, a great uh, movie, Bob. He does an actual uh, brief episode discussing the copyright wackiness of <clears throat> Shazam, Captain Marvel, Fawcett, and uh, Miracle Man. Miracle Man. So Which is it, Mr. Miracle originally, I think. Mr. Marvel Man. Marvel Man. That's right. Marvel Man. That's, that's, right. that's why. That's why it that's was, why. became Miracle Man. Why? Um, why? 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 And run, folks. <laughs> that freaked me out. Wow. That was... Enron, Andy, what folks. are you doing over there with the pillow? What's going am, on with that? <laughs> I am not going to end this podcast sane at all. Yeah, you're going to... It's done. It's I was done. asking why. Like a... Oh, but, you know, I... Yeah, but you were doing it like Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I... My thing, I guess, uh, Captain Marvel, it's a weird superhero name for a guy that is all of these mythic figures magic power based. Shazam Hercules Atlas Zeus not Shazam uh Solomon, Solomon. Hercules uh Atlas Zeus Achilles, Achilles Mercury. Mercury yes woohoo he's yeah. right yeah I just so, like that he started the, the, the Shazam, last, Shazam the second time he was right yeah <laughs> so Shazam's fine yeah HBO has picked up the new series Demimond from producer J.J. Abrams. The cable giant gave the show a straight-to-series order after a lengthy bidding contest with Apple. Abrams is already an an executive producer on HBO's sci-fi hit Westworld, but Demimond marks the first significant show uh, that the director of Star Wars The Force Awakens has written since 2008's Fringe. Uh, Demimond is a family-based drama. Uh, the family's matriarch is a scientist who is involved in the car crash with her husband and young daughter. With her mother in a coma, the daughter decides to mess around with her mother's experiments and ends up, quote, transporting to another land amid a world's battle against a monstrous oppressive force, unquote. The girl's father proceeds to follow after her. HBO describes the show as an epic and intimate sci-fi fantasy drama. Nice. Abrams wrote the spec script. He's also executive producing the Stephen King anthology Castle Rock at Hulu, as well as co-writing and directing Star Wars Episode Nine. Nice. Nine, nine, nine. You mentioned Westworld in there, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't, when I think it's just my brain misfiring. How the fuck can I watch Westworld now? Because I saw the the preview, HBO. The, the, the commercial for the second season, and oh my god, do I want to see that now? I want to see it already, but the, have you seen so like the, the first, first season? I haven't binge seen. That's what I want to see. I want to see the first, the first season. season. We've got it. We got HBO. Yeah. Fuck! Yes. I'm watching some, some Westworld, man. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, all the episodes are yeah because you got it on the app on your your yeah. Xbox, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you oh, can watch yeah. the HBO whole go. season. As soon as I get this this movie shit done, I'm on that. I will tell you, it's it will be difficult to not watch two or three episodes back to back. That's on that worse than Altered because, Carbon. Wow. Because, because Altered Carbon, it draws you in. 
I mean, I didn't figure out half of what was going on until like the final three episodes, and then uh, it, my yeah. mind was just like, what? Yeah, the, the what? big reveal. This is like having Christmas to look forward to. Now that I know I have this, I oh, know. man. Hey, the glory of binging. Whoo! But yeah, I'm totally psyched about season two of yeah. Westworld. That, that yeah. commercial I have was no like, idea what like the fuck they're going to do. But... Like, oh, my God. Of course, yes. the funny thing is, is we'll be spending our social security to purchase the HBO subscription to watch the second season of Westworld. Because <laughs> it'll be about that long. Mm. Matt. Sounds about right. Paramount Pictures has set in motion a massive project to bring the ology books to the big screen. Ology? Right? That's what, that was, Andy? That, you don't... That, that was my first uh, Please, please explain. <laughs> a writer's room has been assembled with entertainment veteran Akiva Goldsman. Uh, Akiva's written many good films, including Batman and Robin and The Dark Tower. <laughs> He's at the helm. Among this collection of screenwriters... Wow. <laughs> 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 Batman and Robin and Dark Tower. <laughs> Uh, uh, two of your no, favorites. Nothing but the Chill. hits. Uh, Don't you hear when people talk to the movies? Chill. Boy. Uh, <sighs> yes. The chilling sound you're doing. I lost my place. <laughs> also, Not among this collection, <laughs> the collection of screenwriters are Jeff Pinkner, who wrote Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, Michael Chabon wrote Spider-Man 2. Uh, Joe Robert Cole wrote Black Panther. Nicole Perlman wrote Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And Christina Hodgson, who wrote Bumblebee. Now green, that's, so that's a light. Green, white. Green, white. There's some pedigree there. Yeah. The idea is to have seven scripts with interconnected stories, meaning that this could be Paramount shot at a big budget cinematic universe. So it'll be a septology? Hey, hey. The word ology I is get it. <laughs> it's Latin suffix that means the study of, hence biology, psychology, kinesiology. Using the suffix, uh, the ology books are supposed to mimic real-world illustrated encyclopedias while exploring supernatural and fantasy topics such as dragonology, monsterology, vampireology, and alienology. Cryptozoology. Each uh, that one's a real one. Each well, no, quote unquote, really. quote unquote. <laughs> I, I was literally about to go. Really? Wow. That's a real one. It, it, touch it, changed in, in only week. one case I can think of, and that was a hundred years ago. Yeah, but at, okay, fine. <laughs> That one's a grayology. Each publication takes the format of a lost journal, supposedly written by some expert or investigator in the field. While the books in the series were penned by various authors, uh, Dugald Steer helped co-write and edit all of them. There are currently 14 ology books in existence. I've never heard of this, and I'm fascinated right? by it. With Nightology being the recent addition. You see them uh, you, when you walk into Barnes & Noble, the the tables right there in the vestibule before you go in. The ones they, for $3? <clears throat> you'll, see, you'll, oh, see, you'll see those. Not doing well then. No, it's not. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry I spoke. They've been around a while. Okay, so there you actually are. They are selling. They're not. I, I thought. I really thought you were talking about the the big discount back. No, 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 no. It's they'll 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 do the promotional stuff. Okay. And, and hey, make sure to notice this. It's it's not just the please help us unload this shit. So, uh, for God's sake, we thought people would buy these hardcover Jules Verne's books. 
This is not the first time Hollywood has been interested in adapting the series. In early as 2008, Star Trek scribes Alex Kurtman and Roberto Orsi were planning on writing the script for Dragonology at Universal. And in 2012, Blue Sky Studios director Carlos Sandana, who did Ice Age and Ferdinand, was in the middle of developing an animated version of Alienology. So Hmm. now Paramount's going hardcore. Taking some ology Wow, Pornology? Pornology, yes. Mm. And Nintendo has confirmed that Mario movie has officially been given the green light. Oh, I hope they get Bob Hoskins again. (laughs) The Japanese games company has confirmed Universal Pictures will handle distribution worldwide. (laughs) Wait, wait. I think the viewers should know that that just... Poor, poor 80s Jeff took a... Just sagged like he'd been hit by an arrow. I saw him shrink by a foot. (laughs) He's so good in in Roger Rabbit and everything else, and then you so see good him in so in many the, things in, exactly, and then you see him in that Mario Brothers. It's not movie, his and fault. It's, it's not like no, it's, fault. it's not his fault. It's not even Mojo Nixon's fault. That was a but bad script. Just it's just you. You look at him, and you go, "Why, Bob? Why?" And the game's famous creator, Asagiro Miyamoto, and the Illumination chief, Chris Della. Uh, Melodrandri are on board to produce. Wow, it's you got through Savannah. the Japanese name. Right. Uh, there are no other immediate details at the stage, but they partnered with Illumination as the studio behind mega hits like Despicable Me franchise and The Secret Life of Pets. So there's pedigree in who they're partnered with. Pedigree. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Earth's Mightiest Heroes are coming to video games as part of Square Enix. Ambitious and Mysterious, The Avengers Project. The project aims to be a massive AAA experience from one of the biggest video game publishers in the business. Square Enix is best known for the Final Fantasy franchise, but they do many others. What what are you doing? You're just (laughs) giggling in your world. I don't want to know. He was looking at Kirsten and just started cracking up. I look over at Kirsten and he's like not even looking in his direction. I'm not even looking at him though. He's losing his shit. <laughs> I had a whole run of interconnected jokes in my own head there. That no, okay. <laughs> all right, you all right. Yeah, pillow warning. All right. <laughs> all right. I stopped him, but I couldn't stop the giggle. He smothered himself with the pillow on that one. <laughs> pillow like, trigger. Oh, pillow oh. trigger. Oh, he fell forward. His face fell into the pillow, and then he couldn't move. Yeah. <laughs> he was laughing into the pillow the whole time. He yeah. was smothering himself with it. Because <laughs> the pillow was soaked with absinthe. <laughs> And he's thinking of the irony of dying in his own pillow. And, of course, that made him laugh even harder. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Avengers Project is planning on telling an ambitious story set within the Marvel Universe. In a recent statement uh, touting an influx of creative talent to the game's development team, Marvel confirmed the game will feature a completely new and original story designed to introduce a universe gamers can play in for years to come. That Please means, tell me it's going to have Final Fantasy type fighting. That means it'll tell its own story and seemingly not be tied to the continuity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There you go. Uh, that said, Marvel promises it will feature fan favorite characters, environments, and quote un- iconic moments fans will recognize. That's there you beyond go. that. I know nothing else about this game. I'm, I'm cool with that. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has done that with the you know it's way off what the comics are, and I love it. I just want them to do a virtual reality version so we can all record Andy going through it. Mm. <laughs> we got to get back to doing that again. Yeah. Hey, I gotta did, move you, the did table, you see though. the post about the uh, the uh, uh, DC roller coaster? 
virtual reality thing? The DC virtual reality. Remember yeah. we were talking about yeah. the roller Somebody thing? shared that on the lair. Yeah. I missed that. Post. They actually are doing that with the ah. DC roller coaster two miles from my dad's house. Terrific. Yeah. So I, I may have a report on that this summer. I would love that. Let's get this man a GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. You it's, have one. It's right behind me. Let's get this man a GoPro. We're going to fix it so it goes right on his face during the whole Well, experience. yeah, because it's virtual reality. Yes. Mm. So He'd so. find a way to break it. <laughs> the, the, the That's why I'm not giving was... him my GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> the, the practically indestructible camera would yeah, somehow you, find a way. You notice he didn't say, let me go get my GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter books have become the biggest selling series ever. With more than 500 million copies sold worldwide, says Bloomsbury, publisher of the books in the UK. All seven installments, as well as the companion books such as The Tales of of Beetle the Bard, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and Quidditch Through the Ages, factor into the publisher's figures. This puts the series in the same league as Miguel de Cervantes' Don Quixote, which has also sold 500 million copies over the course of its lifetime. Other series behind Potter in terms of sales are R.L. Stein's Goosebumps with 350 million sold, Beatrix Potter's Peter Rabbit with 150 million, and J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings also with 150 million. Chronicles of Narnia, Twilight, and The Hunger Games and Game of Thrones bring up the rear. (laughs) (laughs) Pedigree. Potter books have broken (laughs) other records in their own past. For example, example, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows is still the fastest-selling book in fiction in history, selling more than 8 million copies in the first 24 hours alone. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is fifth best-selling book in history, with 120 million sold, and only the second one to involve elements of fantasy. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings is in third place. Lastly, all seven books fall into the impressive category of books selling between 50 and 100 million-plus copies. And, of course, the Bible still remains the world's most purchased fantasy book at 6 billion copies sold, according to Guinness World Records. Hey! Thank you. Thank you. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. We just lost our Bible Belt followers. Oh, please. And Cora Cora actually says it's closer to 5 billion. Korath? Cora. No. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said the Quran says it's next to five yeah, billion. The, the like, Quran <laughs> says that the Bible sold only five billion. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> oh, only? <laughs> well, they don't mention that like a billion of those were bought just by the uh, Gideons to put in the well, hotel. You know, so, you know. They always do that. When there's a print run, they buy them by the case, like Scientologists. <laughs> Begun the Holy War books. I, I have a hard time believing somebody buying dietetics by the case. Yeah, no, Scient- wow. that's how they get Hubbard. That's how they got Hubbard's fiction on the bestseller list. They wow. would they would buy up mass amounts. It's not a very good book, I guess. <laughs> that's why he was considered Dude. a failed sci-fi writer. Are, are, are you trying to <laughs> trying to get us killed? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not afraid of the Bible Belt people, but now we're we're getting some dangerous territory. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Cruz, I didn't mean it. We'll open the door, John Fultz is gonna be standing standing there, smiling his face. <laughs> I heard you talking about my my church. That's like so weird. <laughs> I, I felt like I was there. I felt just like walk out the door and he's doing that that Pulp Fiction meme thing, was well, turning back and forth. All lost. <laughs> then he sees Andy and does the other Pulp Fiction meme where he shoots him. <laughs> oh, I shot Andy in the face by accident. <laughs> well, I'll put that in my dreamscape tonight. Thanks. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream that. Uh, oh boy, here we go. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. So Andy doing his and, rendition and, of and Martin Luther King, <laughs> and you were in it. Oh, <laughs> wait! Why would you, you point at me when you said that? Because you were in it. We were driving somewhere in a car, and, a we went, you had. and we drove into a big hole. You were driving. I think he was thinking about this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about that podcast for this. Ugh. And we couldn't get cell phone service because we're down in a deep hole. We didn't get too badly hurt. And we fucking chipped little handholds. Wow, that was close. (laughs) (laughs) Both Matt and I were like, what? (laughs) We chipped holes out of the wall, out of the dirt wall for handholds and footholds and climbed our damn way out of it. And we were damn proud of ourselves for doing it. He looked over at me and said, so fuck the world for trying to throw us into a hole. We can dig our ways out of it. He said, you like movies about gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't call you Timmy. You ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> we reported that uh, Brian Michael Bendis is making the jump from Marvel to DC Comics. He'll be taking over some high-profile series, reviving some personal projects, and even getting his own imprint. Bendis is going to write Superman. Take that, Biggs. Oh! The publisher has confirmed Bendis will be... Bimbus? <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, he hasn't even listened to the podcast yet. Somewhere Biggs is like... <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> it was a great outpouring in the uh, force. Uh, there we go. Uh, uh, <laughs> can't remember the quote. It's a great outpouring oh, in the force. The, Andy's the, sobering up. It's like going a thousand to... souls. Over. The, I don't Steve, know the, the Steve's going to go ahead anyway. It's a million souls cried out. <laughs> Thank you. We're silent. Save the Canadians saved my ass. Fucking Americans. Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't doing it to save you. The publishers confirmed Bendis will be helming a six-issue weekly miniseries titled Men of Man of Steel, which will launch in May and, quote, shake up the story of Krypton's final days and Kal-El's journey to becoming Superman. The series also promises to introduce a new villain who knows a, quote, terrifying secret about the destruction of Krypton. After that, I, I, I felt the shrug over from, from you, Kristen. No, it's Jor-El's fault. It, I know. It, it's the... Yeah, really. I mean, yeah. you know, how, how much do you want to bet? Oh, yeah. Actually, Bendis is really creative, so yeah. it should be... But the hype, it's just mm. sort of like, Jesus, this is... This is r- this this goes beyond '80s Jeff PR firm hype. It's just eye rolling. After that, Bendis will take the reins of a new Superman series, as well as DC's flagship Action Comics. Superman One drops July 11th. It'll be followed by Bendis's official Action Comics debut with issue 1001. Although he is writing a backup story before that, Bendis's Superman will pick up after the fallout of the Man Man of Steel limited series while Action Comics promises to be more character-focused approach, looking at Clark Kent's time at the Daily Planet and how Superman impacts the larger DC universe. The DC move will also see the revival of Bendis' Jinx World line, of more comic, adult comic series, with series such as Powers, Scarlet, and the United States of Murder, Inc. Wait, that's going to become part of DC? Yes. Interesting. Picking up with new issues at DC later this year. A back catalog of Jinx World material will also arrive at DC later this year. The publisher is also teasing plans for a custom imprint curated by Bendis, though details on that are relatively thin. 
The imprint will apparently feature some of Bendis' all-time favorite characters placed in, quote, very unique and unusual situations, unquote. Sexy. Established characters will also be joined by the new characters created for the imprints. No surprise to see DC handing over its flagship hero to Bendis and Superman. His track record at Marvel is stellar and has seen decades of experience taking established characters and making them feel fresh. Now, the Jinx World revival and select imprints are also good news, as it seems DC is keen to give Bendis the storytelling freedom to explore different ideas. That's pretty much where we're at with the Bendis crossover now. I like it. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like the fact it's Man of Steel, too, because that's what Byrne did back in, jeez. Mid-80s. Mid-80s, yeah. yeah. After uh, Crisis. Man, six issue. Was it six-issue Man of Steel? I think it was six inches. I think it was. Yeah. It's nice. All right. After ordering a pilot based on the film Snore Snore Piercer. Snore White. Snore Piercer. <laughs> You've done it, Andy. You've thoroughly contaminated him. That dream of you two fucking in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> My drunkenness has gone airborne. <laughs> God. We're gonna open the door, there'll be a sheet of plastic over it. Because the EPA will be here. The EPA? How about the CDC? Probably EPA. (laughs) Who's in cabin 1B? This is environmental. I think Snowpiercer is my call sign. Snowpiercer. After earning a pilot based on the film Snowpiercer a while back, TNT has now greenlit a full season of the sci-fi series about a group of survivors on a massive train in the frozen remnants of Earth. Taking its universe from South Korean superstar Bong Joon-ho's 2013 movie of the same name, uh, Jennifer Connelly will share the spotlight with Hamilton's David Diggs after a pilot episode directed by Scott Derrickson of Doctor Strange fame and written by Josh Friedman, who wrote uh, War of the Worlds, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, The series will follow, like the Chris Evans-led film, the survivors of a world-freezing apocalypse who inhabit a gigantic, perpetually moving train that circles the globe as it does issues of class warfare, social injustice, and the politics of survival are all raised. What about the politics of dancing? That one will be saved for episode three. Okay. How about the politics of ooh The politics? Yeah, the politics of ooh If you think he actually meant to say ooh-ee-ooh-ee-ooh... I kinda did. <laughs> I think you meant to say of ooh feeling good. Yeah, but no, they really say ooh ooh ooh. <laughs> Jennifer Connolly plays a first class passenger on board the train. Yeah, she does. Who serves Wow, as its voice, which makes PA announcements throughout all day to its inhabitants. Uh, Diggs is the more familiar hero of the story, the prisoner caught up in a class revolution brewing in the train's tail end cars. Jun Ho returns as a producer on the show. No premiere date has yet been announced for the TNT drama. Josh Friedman, who was originally going to serve as showrunner and was an executive producer and writer on the pilot, has parted ways with the network already over creative differences. Always a good sign. So the series is now looking for a new leader before it's even begun. Andy? I'm on it. Thank you. About time one of you. We need a bigger train. It needs to be wider. This is not going back to that black hole dream. Is yeah, it, it is. Okay. It was all right. Now, I, I, I know it's Snowpiercer built on a train, but we're going to have a Zeppelin. <laughs> all right. Uh-oh. Just just, just 
Hang with me for a moment. Snore piercer. That was Jesus Christ. <laughs> it all takes place in a dream. That was a whole. The first pile episode's a hole, and there's fucking down at the bottom. <laughs> it was a pretty dream. <laughs> <laughs> you broke poor Andy's heart over here. It was. Well, it was really, okay, really, we broke Torgo's really, brain. Yeah. It was a really positive dream. It was like you know, we we just pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps and fucked the world for trying to screw us over. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you! I'm fucked. glad to have been a part of it. You fucked the world for trying to screw you over. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Torgo drove into a sinkhole, but fucked the world for trying to screw you over. Yeah, well, and then we dug out little divlets and escaped. There you go. There was we were driving on the road, and somebody had taken down the thing that said the road was gone in front of us. So fuck them. Oh, so we fell through a looting. There's more hole details. I got stopped off by abusing the the. Uh, Fucking as a, uh, as a, uh, what the hell's the word? I'm so Intensifier. glad that you're bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking always intensifies. That's true. That's a good point. Andy's going to look back, listen to this He's podcast. He's going to lick back, all right. <laughs> He's going to look back, listen to this podcast and go, what the fuck was I saying that whole lick, podcast? Lick back and reach around. <laughs> yeah. The lick back, reach around, give Todd a bone. No, <laughs> this old Andy had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream that SUVs could come out of holes. <laughs> <laughs> they will when I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not any SUV. It's a Canyon Arrow. <laughs> uh, uh, I hate this show. <laughs> Do you? Do you really? <laughs> of course not. Uh, <laughs> We do not have time for red light, green light. Oh, no. What? So we're going to do some red light, green light. Yes. Yeah. All right. Take Ooh, the long yeah. way on your commute, folks. If you don't know the rules, listen to an earlier show. That's <laughs> Here's the pitch. Let's <laughs> keep looping around the building, folks. J.J. Abrams is shopping around a TV series that would be his first created project for the medium since... Fringe. I think this is the one they just accepted. Never mind. Yeah, I don't say that sounds better. <laughs> How old is this? <laughs> About a month. There we go. It's gone. All right, we're green light. Oh, green light. Green yeah, light. yeah, green light. Green light. <laughs> You're right. Monsters. Green light. Yeah. A so film by Gareth Edwards, which focused on survivors trying to make their way across a near future world that has been partially infected by aliens, yeah. will be turned into a television series for UK Network Channel Four. The project is being handled handled by Vertigo Films, with Ronan Bennett, who's behind HBO's Gunpowder and Public Enemies, Bennett. attached as showrunner. Was that? Let us some steam, Bennett. Thank you, thank you. Edwards is reporting to be uh, reported to be involved behind the scenes, though his exact role is yet to be defined. No U.S. streaming service has yet been attached, but the studio is apparently shopping the series to services like Netflix and Amazon, hoping for a statewide partner. Edwards created Monsters, the film, for less than $500,000. It's a good film, too. Monsters would go on to make more than $14 million at the box office. Edwards handled the visual effects work himself with off-the-shelf software, working tirelessly for months to bring the world of Monsters to life. That's Monsters of the Capital M, if you haven't figured right. that out already. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Andy. The story Where? was set years after parts of Mexico had been infected by aliens and quarantined and told the story of a man escorting his boss's daughter through a dangerous area. The original film spawned a sequel, Monsters Dark Continent, in 2014, 
It was mostly handled by a different creative team, though, uh, though Edwards and original star Scoot McNary did get producing credit. The sequel was set 10 years after the first movie and billed itself as more of a sci-fi war film. Critics panned it. Dark Continent failed to capture the same success as the original, bringing in a mere $228,000 in the box office. Now, no word yet on exactly where the TV series will fall on the spectrum, but considering how poorly Dark Continent was received, it stands to reason will seem something more akin to the Edwards 2010 original. So, monsters for UK Channel 4. UK Channel, I look forward to seeing all three episodes. <laughs> Duly noted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, green light. Sounds I will green light it if it goes to the original. like Kind of like the original. Green light. All right. Yeah, green light. And that was more like fungus in plant life that was creeping over the land. That that was part of it. But there was a lot of tentacled creatures as well. That that had it had both. Yeah. yeah. Didn't see the movie, but yeah, it sounds interesting. No, it's, it's good. It. It's good. I yeah, I do highly recommend uh, yeah, checking yeah. it out. Where's is it on Netflix or? It was at one point. I don't know if it still is. <laughs> okay. The Universal Netflix answer. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, but it was at one point. Yeah. That's that's going to be the the answer from now on. All right. Red light, green light, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Critters, the 1986 cult classic mini monster movie, is heading to the small screen thanks to Warner Brothers Television Group's digital studio, Blue Ribbon Content. Executive producers Jordan Rubin, John Kaplan, Al Kaplan, the team will begin production earlier this year on Critters, a new binge, a live-action comedy series set for Verizon's streaming service, Go90. Red light. (laughs) Two of the film's original producers, Rupert Harvey and Barry Opper, are back as well. The original Critters film rode in on the success of Joe Dante's 1984 classic, Gremlins. I, I can hear sirens. I think Andy has finally been found. They haven't caught me yet. Okay. Uh, the original film was on Joe, Joe Dante's 84 classic, Gremlins, told the story of a group of hungry, dangerous, and somewhat adorable space carnivores called Krites who make tasty and ever more disgusting meals of the local humans. After the moderate success of the original, three more Critters films were produced from 1988 to 92, including Critters 3, which featured Leonardo DiCaprio's film debut. According to WBTV's press release, this new series, quote, The Critters return to Earth in search of one of their kin who was left behind years ago during an earlier mission. They land in Burbank, California, where they wreak havoc on a group of high schoolers and their families. Ruben, who also directs, spoke with Sci-Fi Wire and said the new series started as a darker take that became more campy, fun but grounded, and true to the genre, so it's played straight and not spoofing. Yeah, right? He also noted that there's a budget, but ways to shoot for a bigger scale. (laughs) It's so many butts! There's a budget, but it'll be like there's no budget. So, not go for Caddyshack look. With this budget, the CG doesn't match up. Rather, we will shoot practically so it's realistic and not campy, unquote. Realistic, not campy, practically campy. It's campy, but it's not campy. So, Critters, the TV show. Uh, I'm going to say red. Uh, Green light, what the (laughs) fuck? Red light? Well, red light, but it'll be like a green light. Ah, yes. Right. You know what? I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say green light. No, I'm, uh, I'm red lighting it. I'm red lighting it. Scream bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Let's go 90. Yes. I mean, and, it's and for the not, same reason. Go 90 is free. It's not. They don't charge. For now. 
Oh, well, well. Yes, that's true. Hulu first, started off as free and then went to that's charge. Good point. So. Your first yeah. day as Critters is free. Your first year is free. Because okay. I think I, the reason I say green light is I think they could do something similar to like Ash versus Evil Dead and make it fun but campy. And I don't think they're going to based on that description. Probably won't, but I, I, I feel like I want to give it a try. Because that first Critters film was good. The other two, not so much, but I, say I still enjoy them. All right, so two reds, two greens. Monkeys, what do you think? Critters, the TV show. And you better red light it. Yeah. We don't have time for any more rhetoric. As oh. The show's going long. The show's going long. But we're going to do one more anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Showtime has given a pilot commitment to horror comedy Shining Veil from Warner Brothers Television. Shining Veil is about a dysfunctional family who moves from a big city to a small town. The new house was apparently the site of some very horrible things. But it only seems to affect the mother who believes an evil spirit is trying to possess her. Per deadline, the show will touch on mental illness, family, and religion, but with horror and humor thrown in. The pilot's being written by series creator Sharon Horgan and Jeff Azroff. Uh, Horgan has a long resume as an actress, most recently appearing on Catastrophe on Amazon, a show which she also created. Jeff Azroff created Trial and Error for NBC. It has written produced for sitcoms that include The New Adventures of Old Christine and Grounded for Life. Shining Veil, gentlemen. Um, yeah. I'll give it a very weak green light. Weak light. Oh, yeah. Lime green. <laughs> I don't Kay. know. Come back to me. I'm going right. to right. <laughs> right. think about it. Come back, back to me, Jeff. Jeff needs the stew on this one for a second. He needs a pure Go pressure. ahead, Matt. Read it. Go ahead. Green. Oh, wow. wow. Ooh. A very noncommittal green once yeah. again, but a green all He's the same. He's burnt out. We wore him down. This is what the show does. Well, it's, not <laughs> a, it's not a reboot, so, you know. Kirsten? <laughs> okay. Oh, didn't I? I said lime green. Lime. Okay, that's, so that was your official. No. Oh, yeah. I thought, Jeff, you, we're back I to thought you. you were commenting on yeah, Andy's. Well, I was, but I was also giving my... See, there were layers. Uh, I see. This was nuanced. It was I, very I, nuanced. I feel layered. Like a parfait. Well, I mean, it's it's pointless for me to say red or green at this point because you got three green. That's yeah, right. We have crushed Jeff. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess green. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love the I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, like green, a, I, guess. I guess we can kind of think there about it. Go. All right, all right. That's, that's it. We got, that's, what do you think? Write to us. Comments at UglyCowShow.com. And until next week, no, we're going to do one more round. Yeah! <laughs> you know, I knew that was coming. Stay in the parking lot, folks. Don't go to work yet. Just keep looping around the drive-thru. <laughs> work. <laughs> Our listeners don't All right, work. last one, gentlemen. This is it. This is Ooh, it. Ow. This ends the show. Red light, green light. Suddenly, all of our, re- our listeners are in Toledo, Ohio. Whether they wanted to be or not, they just kept driving. <laughs> Amazon is currently developing a Conan the Barbarian television series inspired by Robert E. Howard's famous novels. The series, which is being billed as Conan, is the brainchild of several known names within sci-fi and fantasy. Colony co-creator Ryan Condal is pulling the triple duty as show creator, writer, and executive producer. Game of Thrones and Altered Carbon alum Michael Sapochnik is attached to direct. And The Handmaid's Tale, Warren Littlefield, will reportedly serve as the executive producer. Quote, 
Conan retells the classic character's story via return to his literary origins. Driven out of his tribal homelands, Conan wanders the mysterious and treacherous world of civilization where he searches for purpose in a place that rejects him as a mindless savage, writes Deadline. Uh, the character, originally created by Howard back in 32, has appeared in several live-action adaptations, two films, including Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jason Momoa's. And the follow-up film was announced in 2012, but later scrapped in favor of what then the possibility of a potential television show. Mm. Conan on Amazon. Red light, green light. It sounds yeah. like it's, it's going to cling more to the uh, books than the other adaptations have. Adaptations well, have. That's the that's the the idea I kind of supported. In that case, I greenlighted, and yeah. not even a, not even a tentative greenlight. That's a solid greenlight if they mm-hmm. follow the books. Closely. Do it on TV, do it in the the Netflix binge fashion, um, and stick with the original source material. Because those stories are, are twenty thirty pages, for the most. They're short long. stories. There's yeah. one novel, yeah, but that works fine for episodic TV. It can. Yeah. I don't think they'll do the binging. Because no, they probably won't. It's on Amazon. Yeah, I know. So. But no, Amazon puts their full usually when they do their own productions. Nobody can hear you shaking your head. Yeah, um, Matt. They usually put like the full season up there, just like Netflix. What, like Handmaid's Tale, the full season? Yeah. Grand Tour, full season? No. Both of them weren't. Oh well, I don't know. All I know is every time it advertises it on my tablet, it says watch the full season on. Well, either way, Prime Video. I mean, it might be better. They renamed it to Prime Video. I like binge. Although the arguments against binging uh, or the production of binging is actually has been uh, interesting. So, but I mean, that driven from his homeland line. It's like, nah, that's 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 not right. One of the things about Conan was that he was just seeking his fortune. There was no, there was no enslaved. There was no his family was slaughtered. Nothing like that. And it's sort of like in going and just oh, you know, these civilized lands. There's a lot of money to be made here. And then he actually gets caught up and eventually becomes king of Aquilonia. Spoiler alert. No, not a lot of Samaria stuff. They don't go back to that. No. In fact, there are no stories that take place in Samaria. Mm -hmm. So. So. Oh, he said he gave a. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's still a green light. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like like you were trying to talk yourself out. Oh, I thought you thought I was leading it. No, no, no. I thought you were going to change your mind. I Um, like. I like. I liked some of the pedigree behind it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got a hell of a production pedigree. So, I'm yeah, I'm green light on that. Green light as well. All right, full green light, but I am not surprised. I wanted to end on a happy one. And yes, this is the ending. Here is our web our website. Here is our email. I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check, Andy. Maple Leaf match. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. That's it. The show's done. Oh, boy. That's I it. almost killed myself. What? Like a couple weeks ago. It was what? really kind of funny. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm all ears. No, I, I, I walked in. He was uh, sitting in the bathtub of warm water with a razor blade. <laughs> and I said, "Dude, come on!" And he dropped the toaster. I got to use that bathtub. <laughs> no, it was um, it was I I actually had a toothpick, and I actually had uh, you know just pulled you a little, it, little bits and pieces out of my teeth, and I'd set the toothpick down on my TV tray. And I go and I get a cup of water. It's uh, I was just using a red cup, a solo cup type thing. Get some red water. Solo cup. And I'm drinking. 
And midway through whatever the hell I was watching, I like take a swig and this toothpick <laughs> right in my mouth. And I'm oh. like, <laughs> oh, and I cough it up and I'm like, what the fuck happened? I was home alone. I don't even think Duncan was there. So I'm like, nobody pranked me or anything. And the only thing I can figure is I must have at one point when I took a sip, put my cup down perfectly to hit the edge of the toothpick. So it flipped up. And fell into my cup. That's some Final Destination shit that right was, there. <laughs> it was so weird. It's the only way that could have happened. And it was just bizarre as hell. And it's like, I could never reproduce this trying to save my life. Not unless Rim the shot. ghost tries to kill you again. Yeah, really. It was It was so weird. But I, I honestly did that. Knocked a toothpick Are you into sure my Andy isn't doing some black magic bullshit up yeah, in his really. room causing some... No, but when I was in his backyard digging around, I did find some Indian bones. Yeah. Oh, great. How do you, know, you know they were Indian? Uh, feathers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. No, it was a turban. Oh, Wrong boy. Indian. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> wow! Whew! <laughs> 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 I'm so glad I let this We lost the Bible Belt and the progressives. That's great. 